This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. You are now tuned in to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. My name is Nick. And I'm John. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 10 of the show titled The Passenger. We will not be discussing any other next time preview because there wasn't one at the end of the show because this is the Season 2 finale. But we will be discussing everything through Season 2, Episode 10 of the series, so please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. If you have not watched past the credits of this finale... There's something big after it, and you should watch that before listening to the rest of this episode. Because I'm going to talk about it. I'm yep. going to talk about it so hard. <laughs> we're reviewing the episode backwards, so it's the first thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes. It might be the first thing on the timeline of the entire... No, that's probably not that's true. False. Anyway. That is so false. <laughs> we're going to review this episode like an episode of the show, where Alex will be mid-sentence, then he'll just stop and say, I'm not really here with you, am I? <laughs> is this now? <laughs> is this now? <laughs> when will then be now? Soon. <laughs> this should just be the transition noise for whenever I go to a yeah, and like this now. The flashing <laughs> of black frames. Oh, boy. Uh, you can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter. And you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet, that's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T, and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K., who's pledged at the level of $10 per month, and we are almost, we're at $37 a month, I believe. Sick. We are almost covering the costs of hosting everything. Thirty six fifty four. Thirty six fifty four. So How on earth did it end up at fifty four? It it they they charge fees. <laughs> they yeah, okay. they take their little cut. <laughs> but yeah. we, like, we have who we donated nine dollars and fifty four cents <laughs> just to be like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good. We currently have ten patrons. Yes. So that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. rad. That's awesome. Thank you to to everyone who has chosen to give Double us digits. some money. Right, we have six of them that are part of the Discord chat. Yeah, which is awesome. I love talking to people on the discord it's, it's great so it's much great fun. right yeah yeah it's great Not and it's fun to hop into the other shows like people who are like oh yes. horror movie yearbook i just watched a horror movie let's talk about it seamlessly everybody. move between the podcast network it's true it's really really awesome that's true it's the, Do we cr- have it's six, the cradle is, it, is this our is it our cradle <laughs> it is our cradle yes yeah. Yeah. the discord is our cradle there we go. or is it our forge what's the no forge the forge name? is the other one Oh. The other Discord that we have is definitely the Forge. Oh, yeah, that's geez. where all the irredeemable. People yeah, are. I was gonna say that's yeah, that's the that's the valley behind. <laughs> the valley behind. It's, it's beautiful. It's anyway. just a pit instead of a, oh, yeah, nice, a nice a, door. It's just a hole. It's just it's a, hole. a big <laughs> hole with no bottom. It's when when their bodies come out the other side <laughs> <laughs> without their without yes. their lovely souls. All right, uh, corrections department. So. Saturday night, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, so I'm going to watch some Westworld again. I started season two, episode one, and was like, I can't do this to myself. I'm going to keep watching all of it. But I did notice the bear is in the control room at the beginning of of like the earliest time point. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's there 
soon after Ford dies. So mm-hmm. it gets cleaned up by the time Strand is there. Oh, we okay. never get to see the bear in action because... It happened in the interim, it basically? Ha- yeah, it happened in the interim. Oh, my God. What a tease. I don't Such care. A bummer. It still should have seen it. <laughs> I mean, I see, because I had watched some of the next time on previews, I was hoping that when Maeve had the, the, the bulls... The running the, with the, the bull the running with the bulls. running through, yeah. I was hoping the bear was involved the bear, somehow, yeah. but... The bear's, she's riding the bear yes. amongst... Please. The Buffalo. I did like that callback to the credits, though. Yeah. Just throwing that out there yeah, real quick. Absolutely. Um, yeah, those credits. But yeah, that was the correction. We also did get an email from our friend Mike D, who uh, came to us uh, with Preacher. Mike D. So thanks for making the jump. He said, hey, guys, didn't realize you had a Westworld pod until I listened to the Preacher preview. The episode titles of the new season combined with TC, Jody, Grandma, and All Father. Can't wait. There's a there's a little throw to, to Preacher. We are... We, we will be starting our, our preacher uh, podcast shortly, like basically right after this. There will be an episode out at some point this week. Very soon. Yes, because uh, season three has begun. So if you are into preacher or don't know what that is, go check it out and then check out can our you, show. Can you say it like Shao Kahn? It has begun. <laughs> uh, I think you mean Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Yeah, my bad. I was thinking your, your mistaken deed. Your, your soul is mine, your but soul. I was like, well, that's kind of preacher. But anyway, your soul is mine. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, check out preacher and our show, Gone to Texas, uh, Gone to te- G two T Podcast dot com is where you can find that. But anyway, Mike goes on. He says William is not a host, and if he is, I'll be really upset. It ruins the whole thing in my mind. Remember, the maze was not for him. I agree. Yeah. Uh, he said, I had the opinion earlier in the season that Maeve was really just Juliet as a host, mainly because she was looking for her lost child, Emily, in quotations, or in, in parentheses and question mark, and that William was somewhat obsessed with her, but now I'm not sure. I'm positive that the season will end with some sort of romance between Maeve and the other asshole writer dude that she had kidnapped. Not totally which, true or... Cr- which or episode is this in reference to? This, the, he wrote this before episode 10 aired, okay. so he doesn't know anything about the finale. But I did want to read it anyway because he was nice enough to read us to write us an email. He said, "As for Dolores, I was kind of bored by her all season, and ironically, the only interesting thing was how she treated Teddy." I can't disagree with that. Sure. Uh, he says, "I think that current day Bernard post flood will be revealed to have had Dolores's memory transferred into him. Something went wrong, and she had to dump her mind, which explains why he's acting so weird in the present day stuff." Close, but no. Close, cigar. but not quite. And we'll get there. Uh, he said, I also really loved the, quote, James Delos host experiment, end quote, story. Mm-hmm. But I'm not crazy about how it was followed up. Interesting. I, I think that's interesting. And if you want to if you want to expound upon that for our season wrap up show, I'd, I'd be interested to see to hear more of your thoughts, Mike. And then he said, more than any other show in recent memory since Seinfeld or Sopranos, the finale will make or break the entire season. Maybe the show. How they resolve it will be the uh, be how the entire show is remembered. Plus, where do they go from here? Is it possible to have a season three? Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm more interested in, in in covering that either at the end of this episode or in our season wrap up. Uh, kind of how we we feel how we feel about the finale. We can get to in a little bit, but uh, where season three might go, I think, is a, a bigger question mark and something we should address in mm-hmm. a future season wrap-up episode cool. so mike thank you very much for writing in uh you were pretty close on some things you're you, like everybody who makes theories about the show ends up being somewhat right because it's all over the place well and again it's, awesome. it's the sort of thing where a lot of the clues are kind of laid out in front of you and you just yeah. have to kind of piece it together and it's it's cool that like 
everybody has this opportunity to like piece it together in their own way and they all interpret things differently and mm-hmm. i i like that i yeah. like hearing from people and hearing their theories and um and you know when they deny mine uh specifically about william being host <laughs> <laughs> kind of hurts my feelings but i have i have my team of supporters and i appreciate them all right well we'll we'll get there I, I was really pleased to hear that you made a bionic arms reference on the Game Nerds podcast. <laughs> in the most recent episode, it was right near the end. I and think the guy you, started laughing. I think you said you wanted to give your character in Cyberpunk uh, bionic arms. You said you wanted it to look as much like you as possible with bionic arms. Yeah, hmm. yep. I got a good laugh out of that. That's good. Gotta have those. Which always, I'm arms. sure, looks weird from the outside when I'm sitting at home by myself eating lunch <laughs> and it's just quietly eating, and then I go, huh. <laughs> <laughs> just laugh once. L- loudly, or, one of the yeah. You, when you just like. <sighs> <laughs> you, bl- you blow heavily blow air out of your nose yep <laughs> all yeah, right yeah that'd be weird too so for the recap in this episode i made things as chronological as possible so we're going to start at the quote-unquote 11 days prior to strand's arrival so this is shortly after dolores kills the natives with teddy in episode nine which we know happened 11 days and some hours before Strand arrived. Right. All right. So everyone begins to converge on the valley beyond. Bernard's car breaks down, so he walks on foot. Dolores wakes up next to Teddy's body, and she recovers his chestnut as the bullet did not pierce it. She also keeps the bullet. She runs into William as he digs into his arm, and she places Teddy's bullet into his gun's barrel for later. She collects William as they venture forward, and Ake and his friends are marching towards the valley as well, but QA backs their own horsewoman of the apocalypse, Clementine. This one was really hard to summarize, so I apologize if the English is horrible. It's normally pretty bad, even when it's not that hard to summarize. But <laughs> um, Yeah, so interestingly enough, we now know that hosts are invincible as long as their pearl, mm-hmm. their chestnut remains intact, Correct. essentially. Teddy shot himself in the head, but the bullet could not pierce the chestnut. So, therefore, she could print another Teddy body. Yes. And we could see that beautiful butt one more time. (laughs) But instead, she puts him in the valley beyond. But anyway. She said you can't improve upon perfection. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But I thought that was interesting just to kind of note that, like, oh, like Lawrence is still technically retrievable at this point. Everyone is for the most literally part. everyone who didn't go through the door. Yes, is retrievable. Yeah, because that's the reference that's made in episode one when the tech is looking at the the host and says a third of them. That was that was episode, like episode four or so. Yeah. yeah. So he says a third of them have nothing on them, and those are the that third is the third of the host that actually made it through the door. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. Interesting thing to learn there. I love that Bernard pulls his jacket out of the back of the truck he's in the middle of the desert but he still pulls out his suit coat you know you never know it could come in handy that's true the best metaphor i read on the subreddit was that these the hosts whose consciousness were transferred to the valley um they it was not they were not uh control copied they were control uh cut and then control paste yeah there you go so there you go removing from the original and placing into the new yeah absolutely um any other thoughts on everybody converging on the valley? You know, we still don't see what William's up to in his arm there. Like, 
My thought on we, that. We never, we never get to see either way. What, is, what does she say? What does Dolores say to him while he's doing it? She I says, don't are you beginning to question the nature of Se- your seems reality? Seems you've begun to question the nature of your reality is what she says to him. And then he stops. I think if he found a wire or anything, I, I mean, I, I think we're, we, we're supposed to take that it's probably moments or something between when he kneels down and starts digging into his arm and when Dolores shows up. But I think he knows where to look, and he would have found something if he was a host. I think he's still a human. It's just so funny how they they just won't <laughs> commit. Yeah, and even the way like his mental state when she comes up and says that he just gives like this really dry chuckle, and he's kind of like like it could mean anything. It could mean like. Yep, isn't that weird? I'm a human, but I think I'm not. Or, well, son of a bitch, I'm a host. How about that? <laughs> it could mean it could mean anything. It's so infuriating and, and awesome at the same time. I still think he's a human as well, but I love that they just won't tell us. Like they just want to. Eh. I like to think that they were like going to shoot the scene and they were like, hold on, and just like blocked him a little differently so he couldn't see. They're like, let's just or let's get a version like that. We don't know yet what we're going to do. I actually yeah. have wondered that in the past if they shoot different versions of scenes and stuff like that so that even the actors don't necessarily know. Because I read about uh, uh, Hemsworth's reaction to getting his script late, very late yeah. into filming and his like freak out. Uh, what's it? Luke. He's Luke Hemsworth. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, "That's awesome." See, I like that they they don't necessarily like. I, I think even well, I think even uh, Jimmy uh, Simpson didn't know necessarily. And Jimmy I, Simpson was the first one to figure out that he was the Man in Black. Yes, because they asked him to trim his eyebrows. Yeah, and he was like, "Why would they have me trim my eyebrows unless they want me to look like someone?" Yeah, and then exactly. he's like, "Who?" would they want me to look like and then he's like uh, it's got to be ed harris it'd be amazing if he was on set just like at the craft service table like talking to people and he just looks at ed and goes man his eyebrows are really thin aren't they <laughs> <laughs> what the oh <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and just freaks out that could totally have been what happened but um he just stands there pointing no, at him like Game donald of- sutherland <laughs> in the, in the invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> Uh, Game of Thrones, they have filmed false scenes. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I feel so like Westworld, Westworld's going to get to that point. I yeah. think I think after this season especially, they're going to start like fooling around with that kind of stuff to yeah. try to stay one step ahead of everybody. It's entirely possible. Entirely possible. All right, let's move on. Uh, so I looked up the body shop text name because it was just bothering me Apron. too much. It's Roland. <laughs> <laughs> What an ass hat. Yeah. Roland, the body shop tech, turns on Maeve's pain programming again and gets ready to dismember her when Maeve summons other hosts to take him down. As Hector finds Sizemore inconsolable in the hallway, they come across a QA team waiting outside of a loud fracas. Several buffalo burst through the doors with Maeve in tow, and she decided to save herself since they were a bit late. <coughs> As John mentioned, we do get to see the buffalo tumble over into the like stair stairwell. Yeah, it was awesome. Like like the like the uh, the intro, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude turning on Maeve's pain to take her apart is just the, what a piece of shit. Everybody who works Seriously. in the body shop, except for like Felix, is just a f- sleazeball. Yeah, they've got to go through some sort of screening process before they get those jobs to make sure that they are like mildly sociopathic. <laughs> and like, I mean, you would think, especially because you're dealing with, um, you know, pe- not people, but hosts that resemble humans, 
and you're dealing with them in a dead state and you're constantly having to like reanimate them and like fix them and yeah, things like you kind of have to have a few screws loose or at least in the wrong place to like really make sense of that and be okay with it. So does Delos does Delos go to the the mortuary sciences? I was job just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, down at Wayne State. That and I was going to say that too. Come on, guys, let me be me on the show. No, that and then like med students probably. Like I'll bet yeah. the body of the body shop workers, but the the top brass down there, I'm sure, are like all crazy people. Yeah, I lo- I would love to see like a little bit about like the hiring process there because you got. You know, Hale talks later about Elsie's uh, uh, profile. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they they probably know intimately how exactly what personality type each of these people are. And I think that that's probably which says to me that they cool. knew that that one dude last year was jerking it to naked Hector. Do you remember that, <laughs> Destin? I do. His name was Destin. <laughs> yeah. These names, man, Destin like, and Roland, yeah. <laughs> just chilling in the baddie shop. <laughs> yeah. Some of the only the best people, right? Um, yeah, no, Mave, Mave bursting through the doors with all the buffalo was quite wonderful. It was cool. I will say the first couple scenes of this episode to me felt like a later Harry Potter movie, where they're like, "We can't film all of this, so we're just gonna put some scenes together of like that. We need to get everyone." in certain places it is very expedited yes a little bit yeah and just the whole idea of like like Maeve being like Hector being there to like save her and then her being like well you weren't fast enough so my bad like meanwhile we're gonna go all the way to the valley beyond where some people have been trying to get for the whole season Uh, meanwhile magically you know Dolores is able to find William in the middle of nowhere in this like (laughs) massive theme park like yeah so some of some of this is like it's hard to to suspend the 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 disbelief uh, a bit to like understand like okay why like how is that even possible they're able to locate these people and such same thing with like when Emily found William yeah and That's a, yeah like how is it even remotely possible this park is massive like, that's what comes to mind for a show that treats coincidence as though it isn't or shouldn't be there's an awful lot of it in this episode. but it's also I mean it could draw back to the idea of like these people being like what we you know as we learn later in the episode people are just in their own loop almost and maybe these hosts and other people that are finding the people they need to find know this loop somehow you know like they're familiar with the loop that or the path that these people are on it's a predestined code the whole fate free will conversation who knows but it's just an interesting it's interesting that that it's you know out of nowhere like everyone's able to find everyone they want to find when they need to find them mm-hmm. like n- with no question and that i mean i think that some, some people are are seeing that as sloppy writing and i don't know that i've come to that conclusion quite yet other than you know it's it's a story and they want to tell the story they want to tell and i don't know but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want to use the word sloppy i would just say more like or just convenient, I yeah. guess. I, like, I don't think anything about this show is sloppily written. I they, think they know what they're what they want to do, but it does again feel a little bit like Lost. Starts to feel at some point <laughs> where you're like, we have this sprawling ensemble of characters, and we have this big island that is uncharted and unknown, and let's all meet here for like a shootout or something. You, you know, know what I mean? You know what it is in Westworld? They've actually implemented a real life fast travel, so mm-hmm. you can look at your map and click on it and teleport, and you're there. That's what's interesting. There's a game near near Automata 
the, the you're you're literally storing your body in like a save point to fast travel to another save point. So it's like you have copies of your body everywhere in the world. That's kind of cool. You just transfer to the one that you need to use. So Ooh, there's something else. There's another movie about that. The uh, Surrogates starring Bruce Willis. That could be it, actually. <laughs> Is it based on a book? On a comic, I think. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, where you, where I, you I, stay in your house and send out a clone of you or whatever, or your yeah to like interact with the world. That's yeah. not going to sound quite what I'm thinking. That sounds great. I'll have that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take one, please. If I could just sit at home and be like, you go do things for me. You become Mojo from yeah. the X Men. That would be so good. <laughs> God, I love Mojo. I love the Mojo verse. Oh, please! I'm I'm dying for I'm dying for the X Men franchise to get into the Mojo verse. It's so great. Anyway. uh I understand some of those complaints because, I, like I said, I felt the same way with this episode. I remember texting you guys and saying I felt like a lot of stuff happened in this episode that wasn't necessarily earned. Yeah. And although it's stuff that we have been driving towards for maybe like five, six, seven, eight, nine episodes worth, some it's still if it doesn't matter how long you're building towards something, if the actual like final, you know, Execution. chain link clicking into place is that is like kind of rushed and kind of weird. It just if it breaks the the pace that you've set up, it, it is it is weird. Like it all happens very abruptly. The the Maeve crashing through the window scene reminded me of this because I remember watching that and being like, I feel like I should find this cooler than it is right now. Like I thought it was really cool, but I didn't think it was mind blowing. And maybe maybe. Maybe if I hadn't seen any of the the trailers or anything leading up to it, where I knew that was going to happen, crashing through. You mean like all the all the buffalo coming? Yeah. Through? Okay, yeah. No, I kind of see what you mean. Like they they because it's so early in the episode. Like this is something that should have happened at the end of episode nine. Yeah. Because then it would have been like, okay, this episode has crescendoed to this badass moment. Like like the end of the one where she was in uh, Shogun World and we they're like gearing up towards that battle and you're like, oh my god! And the next one starts at the aftermath. I didn't care because at least. The buildup and the and the, the tension of it, and then the, your mind the, is going to fill in. Yes, and exactly, and and we we all know that sometimes the what you imagine is even cooler than the, what might have mm-hmm. been seen, or or would be more scary than what actually was there. You know that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, there's a lot a lot of moments like that that happen early in this episode, and I remember the sequence also goes on for a for a for a minute. Yeah, and at like the maybe like twelfth shot of a buffalo like goring a dude, and him like. Ah! like shooting and like in slow-mo i was like i get it like i got it you know you don't need to spend like at this point i'm more interested in where the characters are going what they're doing than like you know this kind of action like it was great at the end of episode one but at this point or i'm sorry not episode one season one with yeah. a big shootout of all the hosts you know invading uh but that had story implications yeah and, we, and we've kind of seen that kind of thing like we've seen the shit hit the fan and the in the mesa or whatever like I'm good. I yeah. got it. Like the buff, the the one shot that was awesome was her walking amongst them. I was like, that's really cool. It could have literally ended there, and I would have been like, oh my god, they just tore all those guys up. That's sweet. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah, I really liked the just the disassembled buffalo, like in the ones oh, yeah. that, that were yeah. missing patches of skin. Yeah, the animation was really good. It was too. awesome. And then the only thing I was disappointed in through this whole sequence was the the fact that. Uh, Roland was like they. They. I wanted him to be brutally dismembered, yeah. and he was not. Yeah. It was very disappointing. Well, he did get a saw to the neck. Which That's not enough. Good, That's not enough for me. With as brutal as this show has been with other characters, I want to see him be dismembered. Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't a little a little worse for him. Yeah, um, Mr. Smock. I'd like to go back to Mr. Smock. <laughs> interesting. Interesting that the the buffalo are mechanical still and not organic tissue. Mm-hmm. At least one of them that they showed was, although we see 
one being printed in the in the opening. Well, yeah, I was gonna say so. These these may just be like decommissioned ones that they have on yeah. display or something like That's that. True. Or decommissioned Buffalo is a good band yeah. name. That is a great <laughs> band name. Oh my god. Um, also, I wanted to go back for a second. Uh, Dolores, it's a good gamer tag. You can have it. Del- yeah. <laughs> Dolores talks about running into or seeing Emily's body. Yeah, and I yeah. felt as though. Again, how did she see? How did she run into that? Like it's cool. Well, I think the path to the valley must be pretty linear. Pretty linear, I guess. I don't know. You uh, can excuse it on that. Yeah, I need to. Uh, this will be where I'll plant my first seed for Dark Tower references. Is with that mm. the path? The path of the, the beam. path to the yeah to the Dark Tower. Uh, I thought it was interesting. It, it's cool that Dolores recognized Emily, even though she presumably maybe hasn't seen her in like adult form. Hmm. Um, but also because they went to host camp together. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel <laughs> like there would have been some mention or discussion of that if she was actually a host. Right. Yeah. One time at host camp. <laughs> host camp. Good band name. <laughs> All right. I, 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 at the end of this, I, I think that I now believe that Emily is a human, but. She is laid with the other humans at the end of the episode. Yeah, I would have, I would have dug it had she been a host and the real Emily still out there. But at the same time, you are right; it would have devalued Williams killing her. Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't give a shit. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like he's even like kind of he doesn't even when Dolores talks about finding his body or her body, he's kind of like he just. I think he's still just kind of catatonic from understanding whether or not he's a host, and I think. Since he presumably makes it out alive, we know he makes it out alive, I think it could be something that we deal with next season. Perhaps. I sure hope so. All right. Uh, Next up, Dolores informs William that Ake's group wants a door to a new world without humans, while she wants to destroy the forge like William. As they reach the door to the forge, Bernard is stopped by some QA goons that are quickly dispatched by Dolores and William. She introduces William to Bernard as they've never met. William tries to kill Dolores, but it doesn't work, and when he pulls the shotgun trigger on his gun, it backfires and blows off a few of his fingers due to the bullet that Dolores left in the chamber. So, Man in Black's gun has one shotgun shell in it, if you guys have not known. It's like a Lamat, I believe, a Lamat revolver or something. Hmm. So that explains how it was able to still revolve, like, or do its thing right or no that's a different gun that he loads the bullets in later okay yeah but no because that the 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 lamont is broken on the ground by him right um but yeah she she put tidy's bullet chip in that chamber causing it to backfire on him essentially would it actually happen that way i don't know but sadly mythbusters isn't a tv show anymore so we'll never know it's true there's there was an interesting reference on the subreddit about how Teddy's whole role was to protect Dolores, and even at this moment, he still protected her beyond his death. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was really or cool. Or it's the fact that he never dies, so he can continue to protect her. He's in the bullet, <laughs> <laughs> Teddy the bullet. Oh, beautiful. Uh, why doesn't William just go for the head? I don't understand. Yeah, that's kind of well, and also since since they wheeled up and shot those QA goons from like ten yards right, away with right. their like like I was thinking about that this morning, and I was like, okay, so presume it's a period accurate firearm. Maybe it's not 
you know, the best weapon in terms of like precision. Like that's why you aim for center mass because you're going to hit them. And, you know, maybe on the off chance you, you hit their shoulder or their arm or their abdomen. But, but after bullet four of no he, reaction. He's a good enough shot. He shouldn't have had a problem with it. But save for the fact that he's been literally like blown to bits in pieces. Yeah, maybe he himself. tore off. He tore those tendons when he was digging through his arm. I'm sure he's pretty shaken up from everything that's happened. And, I mean, the little bit of water he had at the rally point was probably not enough to really reset him. Yeah. But. He didn't get enough oil to yeah. reset his bionic <laughs> yeah, That's right. He needs his oil can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't that, know. That you're, you're right. That it's but, it's silly of me to say, why didn't you just go for the no-scope corn shop, bro? But <laughs> you're right. right. Like he, At that point, he's just, I'm sure he's... I mean, he's already mentally pretty fragile. Yeah, like it just—it so. was just kind of ridiculous to show them mowing down several QA goons, and then he can't. No, but that's in the in the moment where you know she is going to kill, like she will kill you. Yeah, like this is it. This is this is it, William. And he just and and she's walking to you in a straight line at an even pace, and you're just right. I mean, but that's the thing. His shots kind of circled like around her body. Like they didn't like. It's not like he was aiming at the same area, or maybe he was trying to. But yeah, his his aim is wavering. Like he's having a hard. He's probably has like little to no strength right now. I mean, yeah, he's he's been he's been through hell and back. It's not it's not a nit worth picking, right? Yeah, but it just kind of made me chuckle. I was like, are you kidding me? This guy's been. He's been bullseyeing everything since yeah. the first episode. When all, all of a sudden, he's zero done. effort, and all of a sudden, yeah, what did he drink? Like a whole fifth of whiskey, and he's like, I can't see. <laughs> I'm blind. Um, cool to see William and Bernard meet, although we don't really get much of it. The uh, second Dark Tower reference is what happens to William, the go with the gun, the injury that he sustains. Uh, okay, happens to a primary character in the Dark Tower. Mm. I could talk more about that later if you guys. Does he want. share a name with a baddie ship tick? He does actually. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, it happens at the very beginning of the second book, hmm. not in the same fashion, but the result of losing these two digits is, uh, is okay. what happens, and he can no longer use his right hand to shoot with. Fortunately, hmm. he is equally as good as his left, and um, I'm referring to Roland in the Dark Tower here. But I'm realizing there's a lot of parallels between William and Roland that are really cool. Um, That's cool. And I'll talk more about that even later. Cool. Uh, and Dolores says that she won't give William the peace of destroying himself yet. So we can put a pin in that and come back to it later. But I guess she knew what she was doing by just approaching him that way. She was just waiting for that bullet to come around. She was planted it there and was like, it's going to happen. I just yeah. take a few of these slugs. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. Hope you <laughs> watch this. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> bullet sponge Dolores. Yes. Uh, Dolores and Bernard walk into the forge. It's like a huge version of the cradle. She's not interested in the forge's ability to uh, open the entry to another land. She just wants to study it for mankind's undoing. She and Bernard enter the computer of the forge. Uh, the forge looks cool. It reminds me of Minority Report, the mm. area where the people are put into like where all the prisoners like it's the prison essentially. Have you seen Minority Report? No. Well, what? well, yeah, but like a long time ago. Shut yeah, up. God, you guys. I've mm. seen it. I've seen it. I know what you're talking about. I don't about. count okay. as seeing it because I can't remember <laughs> literally anything from that movie. <laughs> it doesn't look like anything to you. No, it really um, does not. Well, when they capture the people, that it's so controversial because it's like they haven't committed the crime yet. They were going to, but they put them in like this catatonic state. Not even catatonic. It's like a, it's like a coma, I guess. And they put them in these like in these 
pods and they slip this thing over their head and they essentially go comatose and and they put them in here and they just store them there and that's that's prison you're hmm. like you're like dead essentially and uh at some point you visit the prison and uh this it looks a lot like the forge at least i think it does it reminded me of the matrix which is the 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 uh in the real world all of the human bodies that are sealed up in like their pods and everything. Oh, yeah, the, the sure. human the human farm yeah 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 so I guess it's it's a lo- it's like a lot of sci-fi structures, I yeah. suppose, is what we're yeah. driving towards. For sure. But it did look cool. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I like that the idea that... Are, are we presuming then that the coolant of it is like just a lake inside, basically? Like there's yeah. that much water there to keep the place cool? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and it says later when she goes to flood it that she's opening the seawater valves. Yeah. Seawater pump valves. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's That's pretty awesome. nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, and if you think about it from the uh, akichita episode when he sees the forge being built i mean that's a massive amount of space oh, yeah. that, they, that they've dug out so yeah yeah i mean there's there's presumably a lot of water down there yeah uh let's see anything else i did like the fact that there's like different scanners in the forge instead of pulling out the mind the the pearl oh yeah it's like older it's, it's older like tech. i don't know if it's older or newer or if it's I just guess. different to like help scan the humans as well or something like yeah. that i, don't it's, really I think it's know. just newer tech because when uh when bernard goes into the cradle elsie says oh this is older tech or something oh, like she? that yeah she yeah. mentions it being an older i would assume tech. the newer one would be the one that doesn't require as much right you know invasion yeah, yeah exactly yeah. no that I, th- I thought that was cool much cleaner um but yeah more more sterile (laughs) (laughs) there you go uh all right inside the forge system dolores and bernard witness james delos's park data as well as one of the simulations of him gone mad in the streets of sweetwater but this isn't what dolores is looking for she wants something underneath the system itself uh bernard does explain that there's small changes in programming in the host resulted in large changes of behavior which i thought was interesting Mm mm-hmm um nice to have james dallas back because i feel like they really did a great job of carving his character out with like very minimal yeah that's a great point too like that that's powerful when you can establish a character almost immediately like the combination of writing and and the performance yeah yeah absolutely yeah his performance was awesome his ability to switch from like this calm like put together character to like this ravaging psychopath is just i mean what a range yeah it was awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see what his uh, <laughs> what his stay in the park was like. I remember in season one, Logan Logan's a pretty uh, bisexual, experiential uh, guest. He seems he likes he likes to enjoy yeah. all of the hosts. So I wonder if his father's the same way <laughs> or not. He just the way that he talked about. He likes to roll everyone. solo. That's why in that one scene, he's killing all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way the way that he was talking about. Um, you know, we're all going to celebrate after he bought the place in the bar. I was like, is it just going to be one gigantic orgy for James Dallas? But anyway, plus his house looks like a Greek building. I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah, parallels there. It does there. have shades of the, like, the Roman Empire. Yeah. Definitely um, uh, an empire. I wonder where the name Delos originates. Delos is, uh, I believe it's, uh, I think it's in some type of Greek mythology sounds like it backwards it's solid <laughs> cool story <laughs> sweet job. uh it's an you island cracked it, you cracked it <laughs> it's an island uh 
near Mykonos and the center of the Cyclades Archipelago. Uh, It is one of the most important mythological, historical, and archaeological sites in Greece. Ah, so there is a lot more. Yeah, there, there, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm gonna have to read up on that later. Yeah, Uh, he is gonna be the voice of Aquila in. Uh, Homeboy's Jungle Book movie. Peter Mullen is yes, he's, that's awesome. He's the um, Andy Serkis's Jungle Book movie. Yeah, yeah, he's Aquila, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I when I watched the trailer, I was like, who's 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 doing that? And I looked him up, and I was like, oh man, James Delos is Aquila Irish. I don't think so. <laughs> well, he was Giancarlo Esposito in the John Favreau Jungle Book, which uh, I thought was awesome. That's like all, it yeah. was perfect. And so, I mean, it's already kind of goofy to make a Jungle Book movie on the heels of one that was already very good. Yeah. Apparently, this one's supposed to be based on the book, so it's going to be a lot darker, which yeah. is also interesting. But, um, yeah, it's uh, when I heard his voice, I was like, that sounds familiar, but I can't place it. And uh, I looked it up, and sure enough. That's awesome. Peter Mullen. Yeah. All right. Um, next up. I also like the line, uh, what humans define as sane is a narrow range of behaviors. Most states of consciousness are insane. Mm-hmm. I thought that was There cool. were a lot of great lines in this episode. Yes. And most of them delivered by Bernard, yeah. actually. Yeah. But, all right, next up, in, an, in a representation of Dallas's retirement party memory, Dolores finds herself in front of Logan, and she knows that Logan never returned to the park, so they shouldn't have that much data to recreate him. He must be a representation of the Forge system. Forge System Logan talks about the 18 million copies of James Delos he went through to find the one that made the exact same decisions as human Delos, but the faithful copies didn't work in the real world. We see Delos's life-defining moment, a moment where Logan returned home for help, but James didn't give him the help that he needed. We hear Logan say, I'm all the way down now, a line that crazed Delos said in, when uh, Bernard and Elsie found him in the real world in episode four. All of the Delos clones ended up back at this moment. Um, they call that the cornerstone, right? Well, yeah. The, well, it was the cornerstone for, like, hosts had cor- cornerstones, but w- which is like a thing that defines their personality. But the fact that that this is like, I guess it is like the human analog of a cornerstone. But for me, it's not what causes james delos to be james delos so much as it is james delos's predestined end point or something i don't know it's i i guess i haven't thought about that enough to really to bring but yeah it's like it seems like the it's it's like a, a cornerstone on the other end of right i think it kind life. of is what causes him to be him at least by the time he made it to the park. It's like a culmination because, of his character. Yeah, your your cornerstone moment presumably will shift throughout your life. I would yeah. assume that uh, as humans, as we go through our lifespans, our cornerstone moment is going to change. Um, you know, you're unless you know you had some some moment that was so uh, impactful on you that it happened when you were young, and nothing since that point has has uh, has taken its place as that that big moment. But I think that you know had Delos gotten had he been sampled by the forge or whatever prior to that happening he would probably have a different cornerstone moment but yeah. i think that james dello says he the man he was when he died it was probably the the biggest moment in his life he came back to was that moment yeah 
which I would totally get. I thought that was probably one of the top three best scenes of the season. For sure. That was incredible. Yeah, the the Reddit comment of homeboy homeboy decided to start acting or whatever. Oh yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Logan was, yeah. was pretty good. That was but. funny. Yeah. I, I've thought he has been fantastic throughout the show. Yeah, but me too. Th- this scene was he definitely a different facet of Logan that uh that we haven't seen prior. And yeah. the whole the whole speech, not just the I'm all the way at the bottom, but do you want to see what I see? Because Delos says all of that, right? He has like three lines in that sequence. And doesn't Delos say all of them? You know what? I should have gone back to watch it. I didn't. I'm like ninety nine percent sure when he's crazy. Yes, he says he says uh, I'm all the way at the bottom now, uh, and then he goes into the whole passage about how when you something about like well he ends it with you ask something about the devil devil, you owe him an offer that happens later i I swear he says the whole thing i'm all the way at the bottom now do you want to see what i see maybe he does and then there's there's, i think there's one of the little small line in there but anyway yeah clearly that i think that was one of the most brilliant buried references in the show because when delo said all that i was like what the shit is he talking about and I was assuming it had to be from some novel or something. And I just dismissed it as like, oh, here's a literary reference I don't get. Well, and, and uh, I think I remember saying at the time that I looked for what it could be from and, and there it, was n- nothing. nothing popped up. Yeah. And I was like, that's crazy that it's like a holy Delos creation. Right. And it he's wasn't. gone full <laughs> off the deep end, but it's really just from his own. Yeah. Life. I think it's that's one of the memory. coolest details this whole season has offered up. Uh, yeah. That just was amazing. And so sad to think that. Not only is that moment, that whole scene, his big thing, but like his son's last words to him are the thing that has stuck with him. I mean, woof, yeah. that's chilling. That's amazing. I yeah. did. I found it interesting because he, he. I don't remember where it, it it's asked of him, but I think they ask him like, "Why are you here?" or something like that, and he says something about uh, he's here for his son. Uh, he's a cheeky, yeah. he's a cheeky week hunt or whatever, and that's the same thing he says to William the first time William takes him to the park. He's like, "Ah, you're a cheeky week hunt." <laughs> like, that's so his, those are his terms of indeed. But yes, I think exactly. that sort of thing, like, because William is essentially his son-in-law. Yeah. So my assumption is maybe at that point when he was asked in in the forge, like, who you know, what is he doing here or whatever, like that. He was actually referencing William, and that's part of what like mm. drove Logan mad. Is that this you know cheeky wee cunt worked his way into Supplanted his family his and position. then just pushed him out of the family? You know, he because William is this illness that has taken over their family. You know, yeah. On so. the heels of that, though, he says, "I would do anything for him." Though, or he says he's a cheeky wee cunt, but I would do anything for him. Right, but that's like I mean, he could be talking about William at that point. You think so? It's possible, you know, because William has has done nothing but made him more money, whereas Logan is nothing but a disappointment. You know what I mean? So that that presumably when his consciousness was collected, like if that memory of Logan is in there, then Logan has been like basically out of the family and William has been the replacement, the replacement, Mm, his actual his favored son. But I don't know. It's interesting. Very interesting to think about. Uh, yeah, we learned that Logan OD'd six months after that. And the Delos copy isn't aware that Logan's dead. Yeah, that's right. So Yeah, not until William tells him. Not, not until William tells him. So that I think that's at least... We know Delos died somewhere around there, I guess. Um, but this is also the scene where where the Logan like system version of Logan says that humans don't change at all, and the best they can do is live according to their code. 
and the copies of the humans f- didn't fail because they were too simple. They failed because they were too com- complex. They were too complicated. Um, this is where we see the book of Delos that has the same type of coding as the player piano coding, yep. which is very interesting. Yeah, that's cool. It has quantized MIDI coding programmed <laughs> into it. <laughs> and, and you know, that was... Ford says that, you know, all of the, the great composers became music. I thought that was... Also kind of interesting. Yeah. It's kind of poetic touch there. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think I'm excited to spend more time thinking about the show's thesis about humans and the fact that hosts are, are the next evolutionary step because they have the ability to question their programming where humans just have their primary drive of trying to survive. Mm-hmm. So, all right, next up, uh, System Logan recreated every guest who set foot in the park. Most of them are soft and waver between love and pride, but there are exceptions, some who are irredeemable, which Logan says as he looks at William in the forge. Another Dark Tower reference, I think. Another another parallel to Roland from the Dark Tower. He's yeah. frequently cast as very irredeemable. Mm-hmm. He's, done ac- he's done acts that are unforgivable and even in his own his own mind he kind of says that that's cool uh logan informs bernard that bernard instructed him to give the hosts whatever they need he leads them to a library with all of the coded humans in it that was a big library <laughs> yeah lots of books i like that it. it was all like recessed it was really cool that yeah. it had like this overlook area mm-hmm. and uh, the, the shelves were down in there. I was like, oh man, I want to go there and just browse around. <laughs> looks sweet. Yeah. There is apparently, there was an IP address on the spine of one of the books it's, that somebody... It's, uh, it's, it's William's book. Oh, it's, uh, it is William's yeah. book? Interesting. Oh, wow. Because so, when you follow the IP address, it takes you to a Delos login page, which you can log into and then watch all of William's cornerstones. Ah. Like all the cornerstone moments he had throughout the show in the park. And somebody everything. somebody said that there were time codes in it. But yeah, it if was you follow the weird. time codes, the time codes reference like a gap of 300 years between some of the occurrences. So... If you're telling me William's not a host, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, Just yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, he's a host somewhere in this timeline. Why did he start aging then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll come back to that later. Maybe I guess. it's a more advanced host type. I don't know. <laughs> um, meanwhile, while that's going on, Ake and Ghost Nation make it to the door, but it's not open yet. Maeve and her crew get pinned down by a QA team, but Sizemore finally gets to utilize his manufactured bravado. And he gets killed, making time for the group to escape. I'm very conflicted about this scene. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were. The internet was. Most of the other podcasts I listened to were conflicted about it. I like Sizemore. Even the ones that weren't about Westworld? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, Sizemore, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I like Sizemore. I think his logic was stupid here. Not that he's showed us that he's got that much logic, per se. Um. But it just this this was his Guy Fleegman moment from Galaxy <laughs> Quest, where he's gonna sacrifice himself, yes. and they're like, "Guy, 
what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you don't need to do this. And his shirt's all torn. And he's got the gun. He's like, it's cool. It's fine. I got it. You know, you know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's that exact thing. Except in, in Galaxy Quest, they're kind of like, maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you're the. Well, and, and uh, Sylvester kind of is like, just go out there and y- like, you're, you're one of the. Senior- yeah, dude, they will let you surrender. Like, they're not going to yeah. apprehend you either. Like, they just say like, you were held. You can still buy them time. You yeah. don't need to die. I so. think no, it's, he, he I, wanted I, to play hero, you know. I don't even think he wanted to play. He- I mean, yeah, I do. He did. He did want to play hero, but I think he was just ready to die. Like I think honestly, he had. He doesn't. I don't think he sees much for him outside of the park at this point. The same. I think Felix and Sylvester are like we're we're all in. Like they're they're part of host culture at this yeah. point. Like they kind of are. They're gonna they're gonna try to bring Maeve back. And I was a little questioner about uh, questionable about Sylvester because he tells Sizemore like save us too. Yeah, I feel like that's he. De- he obviously wants to. He doesn't want to die. <laughs> he yeah. wants to be saved. But I think that they are sort of off the reservation. Like yeah. they're, they're they're Felix. Kind of, I totally buy definitely. Sylvester, yeah. I have questions about. Yeah, Felix is awesome. The way he's like hefts his gun. He's like, yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, I'm, I'm I'm part of this gang now. Yep. But I think Sizemore just he realized like I, he's gone as far as he can, and maybe you know people aren't ever going to trust him again unless he does this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I think he was just good. It's the. He saw his moment to get that redemption. Yeah, and and, and honestly, I think it. he was kind of like looking for something to be like, you know, I'm not going to be able to live with myself with all the mistakes I've made and all the nasty things I've done and all the time I've wasted unless I Make give myself right. to something bigger. Unfortunately, this isn't really big enough because like they're just how much time did you buy him 40 seconds like they're just gonna get in their buggy with wheels and an engine and go all right let's it was get him. <laughs> it was apparently enough but it's another one of those moments where i'm kind of like well yeah. if he had like had a grenade and he like jumped into the buggy and blew it up or something you know what i mean or like he some, actually killed some of the people <laughs> something that actually will will seem to buy a significant I mean, time he, he kind of put up a fight shooting at the car a few times you know yeah. like he drew it out a little bit but it's it's just totally unnecessary like i in in you know bad move on the qa team for taking him out they really didn't have to do that like he may have been shooting at them but he would have ran out of bullets at some point and then they could have just been like get on the fucking ground dude like, yeah yeah i think they're like whatever <laughs> it uh it was it was, it was good silly. performance though like, yeah no it, I he think was but great. it was it was him being his story like he's finally getting to like live out his story that he wrote for hector i mean even hector starts the speech and sizemore's like ah i wrote it for you bro step aside and like yeah steps in and actually like performs you know this thing like he's clearly into it you know and the way he changes his voice made yeah me laugh. it was very yeah, funny was i'm good. like oh man suddenly i got this whole picture of sizemore like as a as a youth as a lad like in the theater class and he's like i want to be an actor <laughs> <laughs> i want to be in the theater and he never got to be an actor he just turned into a writer and and got angry yeah yeah he's uh eight there's things to love about it and there's things to not like about it and all in all it's fine but it just felt quite silly yeah so. It was over the top. What was just before this in in the recap that you? Uh, the Ghost Nation people make it to the door, but it's not open. Yes. Yet. Oh my God! When they showed that, like the the little ramp leading yeah. up, as soon as they showed it, I was like, "Well, that's something." And I was like, <laughs> "And I know that if I saw that shit in GTA Five, I'd be taking that's a, a car off a jump. sweet jump." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, I was like, "Look at that thing! You could go for miles. <laughs> you hit that just right." Man, oh. I was—I thought I was like, "Well, look at that, man! I'm gonna jump a car off that." <laughs> you know, that's one of the stunts that they want you to pull in yeah, the game, definitely for sure. Oh yeah, that'll get you some points. Yep. Uh, all right. 
Inside the Forge, Dolores reads Carl Strand's book along with many other guests. Logan explains that Bernard made a virtual Eden for the hosts and that he and Logan, then he and Logan open it up. The hosts will leave their bodies behind, but their minds will live on forever here in the Forge. Outside of the Forge, the hosts start heading into the door as Clementine races forward. And then back in the Forge, Dolores gets angry at the gilded cage that Ford is offering the host once more. So she leaves the simulation and works to destroy the forge and all of its info. She starts the flood that we see in the first episode of the season. Uh, Felix and Sylvester saying, seriously, what fucking door? I don't fucking know. That was awesome. So good. Nice yeah, little flip twist. The, flip the script there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about the representation of the door? <laughs> I really didn't like it. I thought it was really bogus. It, it's it's pretty <laughs> silly. <laughs> it was really... I mean, I really don't... I feel bad saying neg- it, negative stuff about the show, and I feel bad feeling bad about that. Like, well, okay. I'm not, I'm not trying me, to poo-poo on the show because it's so good. I'm not trying to be a contrarian and like suddenly be like, whoa, hold on now. This is too popular, and I got to... You know what I mean? <laughs> we're picking nits here. It's not... Yeah, it's not... Com- it's not coming from a place like that but there were just certain there was a lot in this episode that was not in keeping with the same quality that as the rest of the series which i think is, is fair but as soon as that door as soon as it started i was like what is this like what is happening it looked like a star trek like phaser yes and, like, and also yeah. a little bit like the end of like a tron movie yeah. and i was just kind of like whoa wait a minute so was it was it more the way the door opens or was it what was beyond the door or was it both it was all everything about okay. the door. Honestly, even the animation of it, I was like, this looks like not great compared to like how many incredible special effects have been in this series. Just and I and I'm I think it was a a situation where it was only gonna look so good because the having this backdrop of just gray tones of just like the sand and the ra- rocks and mountains contrasted with the what was through the door was obviously going to look strange, but it was more the seams of the door looked yeah. so weird. I was like, this just looks strange. They should have found a better way. I mean, I guess what what would you have rather seen? I uh, suppose. Anything. I mean, would it have Man. been like an actual door that if appears it had, and they walk through it? That would have been kind of sweet, I think. Like a, an what actual... If what if they didn't show it to you until like the final moment? What if we as the humans literally couldn't see it until... That would have been really sweet, actually, if we had seen them running and the bodies falling off. But even because then even we would have been like, is it actually working? Like it would have made you question just how much you believe in this. But at least in like the digitized, like when Bernard is looking at it from inside the forge simulation. Yeah. To me, it didn't bother me as much. No. then. And so seeing them there would have been okay. You know what I would have rather seen is like a like a natural uh, like red rock formation like in real life like at Arches National Park that kind okay. of thing that being filled with something to at least give it a border a natural yes. border instead of this weird animation jutting up out of nowhere with the, with the GTA yeah bug, I, dune buggy jump in front. I mean of I it. can I can get that. I kind of also feel like maybe if it wasn't such a hard edge on the actual door, like if it like faded from like the you know the real world quote unquote. Honestly, it made me like, think of the beginning of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> if you can remember that, I cannot. We got to do- open. When we got to double feature uh, that with my report, back. I guess. <laughs> when they open the portal and uh, jump through the world or whatever, yeah. to go and back. that whole movie is animated pretty much. Yeah. So you just made me think sense. of. Um, I was thinking of like Twenty Two Jump Street when the second film, obviously. I haven't when, seen the second one. Oh no, no. 
I think the drug trip in there, there's an interesting frame. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, it just, I mean, it, it was what it was, and it didn't ruin anything for me. But in the moment, I was definitely kind of like, eh, like I kind of winced a little and thought, maybe not the best. I mean, it, that's the thing is like, how do you make that look believable, I suppose? Like something of that sort. And I but, think using a natural landscape would have been part of it. Like that would have been kind of cool. But they, of course, like, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of pictured like, like I was saying, like maybe something where it like fades into the background or maybe there's like you think of like destiny the taken king like the way there's those rifts in time that are like torn throughout you know where the uh what are they even called now i don't remember because i stopped playing destiny uh the taken when yeah, the taken, yeah you did. like <laughs> <laughs> when the, the the little portals that the taking like come in and out of time with you know yeah. it's like those like those tears like sure something like that but even that's like even less believable i feel like it's so. not necessarily the believability but just like We've seen some cool shit on Westworld, yeah. and this just yeah, wasn't quite I, cool I mean, enough. B- believability is like uh, the wrong word. Yeah. It's just not. I don't know. Like, it's not convincing. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to phrase it differently to to get my. It point was across. also. It's it's also such an out there idea for us. Like, I didn't really need a physical manifestation of the door. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I didn't come into this episode needing to see that, and. I mean, Honestly, it could have just been a thing where like they did fall off the cliff into the door, which if, was if like if it had a just pit. been a like, door, yeah, that would have been cool. Actually, if it had been something hovering over the valley, it would have been a literal like leap of faith. I mean, it kind of was already because their bodies were, but they couldn't. They didn't know what was happening past yeah, that. They, yeah, and when it, they walk through the door, it's just their transfer of consciousness, and then the body goes. The body, they, they had no clue where it went. Yeah, the mechanics of that's cool to me. It is cool, yeah, but, but it, it it is kind of like this leap of faith moment, but. What what was anyway? What was through it really didn't bother me. I was like, wow, that looks nice. Like yeah. I, I got it. I was like, it looks like a beautiful version of Westworld. Like it's like this this a e- lush Eden on the other side. Yeah. yeah, it was really neat. And the shots of of the ghost nation as they were getting over there, like wandering in, in like wonder. I was like, I got pretty excited about that. I was like, this must have been what it was like when like the first like settlers came to the America came to like North America and walked around. They must have been like, Hold, can you even believe this? Like there's there's nothing here. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, have yeah, you ever seen anything so full of splendor? Yeah, taking some of that natural splendor. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's just a Mount Rushmore style of Teddy's face <laughs> up there. <laughs> just four Teddy faces. Uh, it's just his butt. <laughs> yeah, just his face and then his butt. Yeah, there you go. That shot of just Teddy standing there alone was oh, simultaneously it was so sad. Like that was so the, depressing. That was the saddest thing in the whole show. But also beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know that was heartbreaking, and and I was like, man, they're gone already. Like they're they, I was like, I know they're just down the road. Like he'll yeah. find them, and and they'll link up, and it'll be fine. But at the same time, he gets there, and man, poor bastard. Like last thing he remembers is because I I presume that's like, oh, it's original Teddy, not yeah. not well, yeah. Because she, Teddy. I'm assuming she uploaded his consciousness. She, right? Well, she did upload his consciousness, but like, yeah, maybe maybe. Like I, I I sure hope it's original Teddy. Yeah. And and not not, not sociopath crazy Teddy. Teddy. Although he seemed to undo himself a bit. Grizzly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um yeah. <laughs> the Anyway. I did I need to put the call out there for our Photoshop experts, uh, you know, since John is busy. I'll no, I'll do it. You're gonna I'm do gonna it? do it tonight. Okay. Fred, we're gonna have a present for you. What are you gonna do? Don't tell me. We're we, we, are you gonna do it tonight? Yeah, I'll do it tonight. All right. We're gonna put an in an in and out past the door oh for, for fred <laughs> yes yeah totally 
But uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And the Windows background with the in and out. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite comment. That was that, really good. That it was the Windows. Did you was, see all the people photoshopping that in? Was it the Windows XP screensaver? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't. Oh, I just man, found that initial comment, and I again I did my by by myself <laughs> laugh, and I sent it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's an incredible picture. It's quite good. Okay, yeah, an In and Out Burger would definitely be. I mean, if you walked through it and looked just to the left, I'll bet it was right there. We just didn't <laughs> see it. It was just out of frame. <laughs> that, that's why Millennial all, Ford loved his In and Out. Yeah, that's why they're all like uh, gazing around and wondering. It's like, oh my god, look at there's an In and Out literally right here. Those are only on the West Coast. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And Millennial Ford. Yeah, what other stuff would Millennial Ford have put? In the valley, because the valley beyond is his creation, right? Like the idea that he was going to make this place. It's actually something that I was curious: is exactly whose whose idea this the, was. The forge makes it sound like it was all Bernard, but I think it was Bernard at Ford's direction. You know, like that was kind of my impression, or at least of at it. his encouragement. Yeah, yeah, that I, makes sense. I too. think I think Ford stayed away relatively but he he could he probably sent bernard there it's just kind of like well if something happens to bernard i can make a new one but that's true you know but anyway um yeah so next up as Maeve reaches the door they can't find her daughter they look back to see clementine has arrived hale and elsie stand by and watch as clementine wreaks havoc on the guests in her wake that was awesome. Maeve continues searching for her daughter as Armistice puts Clementine down, but it doesn't stop her payload from being spread to the rest of the hosts. Uh, yeah. This was pretty terrifying to for watch. Sure. The way it was executed was so cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I wish they had a little bit, like, I thought it was interesting that, like, Maeve's, like, Hector, like, asks her, where's your daughter? And then they, and she's like, I don't, I can't find her. And then they find Clementine. I think that parallel's interesting with the Akane and Sakura mm. parallel kind of thing. Yeah. But I wish there was a little bit more to it. But there's literally no time for Maeve to be like sad about the fact that she has to cut down her, you know, adoptive daughter or however you want to yeah. phrase that relationship. That's a great point. So I was really too focused on the real world mechanics of how they shot that sequence. I was like, man, lining up all these extras and getting them to move in a wave like that as yeah. they as the as you said, the payload dispersed, I was like, wow, this must have been really difficult and yeah. it's really cool to watch. The, and <laughs> yeah, they like they had to set like a big metronome and give everybody like counts to follow or something and Yeah, it was really, even really the ho- like that horse must have been good at its job because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, and it, it just goes to show you like use real people, use real shit in your movies and TV shows because it looks so much better. Like this could have so easily been like a, a further away shot of like an animated, you know, like really far away, like Lord of the Rings style of just yeah. the fight breaking out and and it working its way down, which would have been a cool shot to see. But this was so much neater to be on the ground with it and like the camera pulling Follow back it. as as it's happening. Like I was just I was so taken by that. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Hale. See, yeah, this is what HBO does this kind of stuff so well. Like throw the throw the money at this kind of thing to make that happen. Get all those costumes, get all those props, get on location, and just make it happen. For I mean, sure, awesome. If that happened in season two of this show, oh my god, <laughs> what, what the hell? Uh, Hale has a good line. Says this is what I love about technology. Who needs four horsemen when one will do just fine? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Another X Men reference. 
Yeah. Also, oh my God! If they true. had had uh, Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse roll up, or he, the camera as, the, as she's saying that to to uh, um, Elsie, Elsie, the camera just continues to dolly on, and he's standing there. Yes, learning, learning, <laughs> efficiencies. <laughs> it reminds me of my friend's review of Ocean's Eight when he he said he always posts these little reviews, and he he was like. It's it's a movie about efficiency when you could tell the exact same story with eight instead of eleven. <laughs> and I, was, I was like, yeah, that's true. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Elsie. Elsie's there with them. They picked up Elsie. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Just hanging out. Goes back to that linear path to the to the forge, I guess. Um. All right. Then back inside the forge building, not the system. Bernard doesn't want Dolores to hurt any more humans or hosts, so he kills her. He's got a great line. Uh, Dolores says, you woke me from a dream, Bernard. Now let me do the same for you. And then Bernard replies, this isn't a dream, Dolores. It's a fucking nightmare. Best line of the season. Oh, man, was that so good. The, like, pain in his voice when he said it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. That and the get out of my head. And there, there's some good Jeffrey Wright this season. Not, not that there wasn't any in season one, but mm-hmm. we're starting to see the character get... Well, and this is the first intentional act of violence he's committed, right? He's committed lots of violence, but he's usually under the influence of like someone else or yeah. like Ford. And I think this is the first time he chooses to pull the trigger on somebody. Yeah. It's gnarly. It was pretty. When that happened, I was like, "Damn!" And with that line too, and yeah. just the way he says it, he's just he's pissed. He's he's terrified. He is distressed. I mean, it, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that it's that whole idea of choice again. You know, like we keep coming back to that. Like these hosts are are getting getting the ability to make these decisions and deviate from code, and it's a, you know that idea of fate versus free will again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as we see later, he comes to regret the choice that he made. But we'll come back to that. Mm. Uh, Safe scrubbing. Yeah. Back outside, Hanario, Hector, and Armistice fight off hosts as Ake urges Wanatan to take their family through the door. Maeve finds her daughter and uses the mesh network to protect her from the crazed hosts. She gets one final moment with her daughter when she urges them to run off. Ake comes down to grab them as Maeve uses the mesh network to stop all of the other hosts around them. Ake succeeds in getting them through the door and turns around to help Maeve when she gets gunned down. He also gets shot as he crosses the threshold but his mind made it to the valley beyond. As he continues inside, he meets up with Kohana. Uh, first on Ake getting shot, that was such a troll. <laughs> I was like, don't you dare do this <laughs> to the one like person that everybody's behind. Uh, but I'm glad he, he made it through. With yeah, no and you see him wound. checking out his back like, oh, did it? am I all right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh man, I'm good. Um... What about Maeve and her daughter? We've been building to this point of like, like this has been Maeve's mission this whole season. How did this land in terms of like, like in the moment at least, like did it, did it live up to your expectations? Do you feel like Maeve and her daughter? I think that for Maeve, it's fine. It's what she set out to do. She set out to protect her daughter and make sure she's safe, and she achieved that. She made it onto the other side. She can't She can't be harmed anymore. Yeah. And I think in, in her mind, mission accomplished. She achieved her mission. <clears throat> My question was, 
with this se- segment. How did is it Koana? Yeah. How did she get there? I assumed that was that was Ford Ford's gift to Ake. Yes, I read that. I think as well that somebody said that he she must have been. Although we know that like the forge has all guest data in it, probably like we see, but they're not in the forge necessarily. Like, well, it, I mean, it's the same system. It has guest guess. data, but does it have host data? Like, I, it was my assumption that the host data was held in the cradle, and the forge data was all the guests. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I guess one of, if we if we're walking through Delos's memories, it's just his memories of the host, right? It doesn't have to be. That's true. All of them. And then I think I saw somebody on Reddit speculating that when Maeve said to her daughter, take my heart with you or whatever the line is, that it was she her. transferred Kohana to Yeah, like she daughter. was able to find Kohana in the system and pull uh, her and put yeah. her in the daughter. And then when her daughter went through, it brought her with her. So That's pretty tight. That is, that is pretty cool. Like, I, I, I like that explanation. But yeah. the thing that, the thing that like... It just would have been nice to have them somehow like explain that well the thing that makes me think there's something more to it or some other thought or that it was kind of explained was that ake ake's belief to ford he when he's talking to ford he tells ford i believe there's a place where we can go to find everything that we've lost and and he and he and he mentions specifically he says where i will find her like i think i think ford probably put her there but also Theoretically, if you think about it, these hosts, because they have total recall, should be able to design literally anyone they've interacted with, like any of the hosts that they've interacted with enough, and like build representations of them too. So that's sad. Yeah, and and the whole idea behind the but true, <laughs> the whole idea behind the Valley Beyond is that it's it is literally their Eden where they can create and do whatever they want there. So maybe he did manifest her in just being there. She, he took, he took his heart with him. Yeah. Or her heart with who? Yeah. You got it. Because he took her heart with him. He was able to then manifest her in the Valley beyond. Yeah. Something to that extent. I think Ford's enough of an old poet inside him, his heart that he, he would file that away and say, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna place her there, and if he ever makes it, it'll be awesome. And if he doesn't, that's that's sad. Yeah. Like, because he seems to like he doesn't like to make it a sure thing. Maybe her and Teddy could shack up if he never made it. You know, that's true. Just Teddy makes it there, <laughs> just flies like Superman through it. <laughs> yeah, I think that Ford Ford would he's kind of he would do that. Kind he's of a softy. He likes to like set things up, but not necessarily." make them do it but he likes to like set up the dominoes and see if people will able be able to do it or hosts rather will be able to like achieve what they want and the the game yeah i like the idea that we know when you said that it's their own eden and they can create whatever they want the first thing i thought was like is it going to be like no man's sky we're like yeah that's what they can do (laughs) and then half half, three quarters of the hosts get there and they're just really angry (laughs) where's the multiplayer yeah this is what you said it would be (laughs) and the rest are like this is great no man it's like minecraft for hosts yeah there you go. Hostcraft. Hmm. All right. Um, back in the Forge building, Bernard cancels the guest data purge, and he pulls Abernathy's pearl out of the system to lock it again. We see him wipe a bloody hand as he enters the elevator. An above-ground QA is doing one final sweep to kill any living hosts. Elsie and Bernard talk back at the Mesa because they had to leave because it was flooding. Uh, and Elsie's going to try to keep Bernard's secret hidden, but when she goes to talk to Hale, Hale kills her. 
Bernard sees this and realizes that he made the wrong choice killing Dolores. Hell no. <laughs> Just thought of that. Um, so this is where I'm kind of confused a little bit. I, I guess we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Bernard canceling the guest data purge is interesting. Thank you. I don't know if some of them got deleted or not. Like, it seemed like it was going guest by guest. Listen, we're living in, like, a Windows XP world. They just went to the recycle bin. You can restore them. <laughs> it's all part of yeah. the process. I, I guess that's just the thing is that I don't know if it's all there. Uh, he not, didn't He but. didn't secure erase it. So, yeah. really, it just freed up the hard drive space for new stuff to be designated there. But the data is all still there. So okay, yeah. yeah. So, he's going to take it to yeah. Best Buy Geek Squad. Exactly. They're going <laughs> to find porn. <laughs> I just want to see that. And that's the after credit scene we deserved is Bernard walking into a Best Buy. I need help. And just handing the hard drive over. Beautiful. He's still, he's like bloody. Just covered <laughs> in dirt. Yeah. from the. He's at the Madison Heights Best Buy. <laughs> just in the parking lot there right by the Wendy's. And he's like just walking in the doors. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Man. That's a funnier um, die that needs to happen. And the hard drive is like, <laughs> it's like in a shopping cart. It's so big. Um, I, I no, love. No, he brings, he brings. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not done with this joke. He, he, go, he goes through the the door and creates a Best Buy tech, like a Geek Squad tech, and then brings him back. To, oh, he goes through the go, door to, to go, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. that's what I was going to say. It didn't matter that Kohana was there because Aki was just going right for the In-N-Out burger. He sees her. He's like, oh, <laughs> what's up? Hold on. Hey, we're going to go over here. Double, we got to get in that I line need double now. Double. We need to get in that line before all these people <laughs> It's going to wrap around the block. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about, there's so many more coming. We got to we gotta get They're it. all like, oh, there's an In-N-Out here? Oh, my God. <laughs> there's all this rustle. Like, <laughs> yeah, look at that. There's nothing else. Just like <laughs> this tranquil wood scene and then it, like, a little, <laughs> like a little fairy tale cottage. It's, it's, like, it's like in uh, Harold and Kumar when they find the white castle. Yeah, and it's exactly. just this glowing beacon of light. <laughs> with nothing else around yeah. it. Yeah. I just want a tableau, like a painting of... And the inside of an in and out with literally every Westworld host. Yes, <laughs> like a Norman Rockwell style, just yes. beautiful. Oh my god, I want that so much. I would, I would buy it. I would hang it on my wall. It would be amazing. Uh, I think you were gonna say. Yeah, something I loved the, the the flooding. Everything with the water just creeping. It was so ominous. Like that was so much better than just like this huge cartoonish like. You know, damn twenty twelve the movie exactly yeah just like the slow threat of water because man if you've ever been through a basement flood which if you live in Michigan congratulations you have uh, <laughs> it's the worst and the slow the slow trickle of that water is just well I mean, you know and you saying this is pretty genius because I didn't even think about the fact that we didn't see a huge flood I was like oh the water's coming and then I oh I literally it. moved on so they didn't have to spend those well millions when of it dollars. was coming up out of the ground not yeah. necessarily like yeah when it was like kind along. of bubbling up oh my feet. god I was like <laughs> whoa this is so creepy and so awesome I loved yeah. it I thought it was such a such an awesome way to do it and like clever because it saved them a lot of time and money trying to film something with more spectacle. I was like, this is really neat to think that there's going to be that much of it. That's going to make all the bodies be there. And like, again, we didn't need to see that part. We just needed to see the, the, the instance of it starting. And then it was, that was all I needed. (laughs) That's the one thing that I feel like they failed to really depict is like the vastness of that flood. That's the fact that that flood makes it back to Teddy's body. 
wherever that was. That's like true. I, the, Somebody who mapped it out on the subreddit that it wasn't really that far away. But still, um, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I actually, I forgot about that because the episode ended and I was like, well, wait a minute, how did Teddy get there? She didn't, the, she yeah, didn't drag the, him along. The geography to me just is, is pretty, un- despite the fact that I know that they've been posting like <laughs> maps. <laughs> Maybe the... <laughs> Maybe the host bodies are really light and it didn't take that much water to convey him over there. <laughs> Maybe they weigh like 40 pounds. They're just like mostly air instead of water. So like three inches of water and Teddy's just cruising on back there. Or maybe it's just Swiss Army Man, like I said. That's true. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. Um. Anyway, sorry. The flooding. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, back in, in, in the Mesa, Hale does tell a tech to find Stubbs because he has a new priority. The asset recovery team from Delos is coming in 12 hours. He's to report to Carl Strand on the beach. This really messes any timeline. Like, it, it's it's really weird. Because if, for some reason, the day that he... Reco- like, unless when we see him recovering Bernard, they've actually been there for, like, 10 days or something. Or this whole ordeal takes longer than I'm anticipating. Like, I'm thinking about... Dolores killing the native that they pull the brain out of mm-hmm. and check. It's 11 days and however much time ago. Like, it, fe- it feels like either they missed a detail or their passage of time was not depicted the way that I would expect it would be. They they could have definitely... When they wrote and shot that, it's possible that they wanted to leave themselves that much time in case they wanted to do a lot more because based on kind of like I said with that interview with, with uh, I think it was actually an interview with Lisa Joy, but she said Jonathan Nolan was the one who came up with the idea for Stubbs and he did it like the day before they were going to shoot. He mm. like suddenly had this idea. Um, so so perhaps they were making some adjustments on the fly. With a show like this, seems possible and in a way kind of, may lead to some of the disconnect that we were feeling in this season versus where season one is so airtight. It's tight, yeah. <clears throat> and this one has a little more disconnect and it could be that they wanted to evolve their story along the way in order to anticipate where some fans might be speculating and try to go in another direction. Like they might try to leave themselves open to a lot of stuff. Yeah. It, it would be easy to go back and reshoot presumably that one reverse shot of somebody saying, you know, but I guess by that point, Strand says something about it on the beach. That text says that. I more or less, I guess mostly I just feel like I am missing something that makes it all make sense. That's very possible too. But I might, that might be being charitable. Like it could just kind of be a weird mistake, but they don't make those kinds of mistakes on this show. So it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure that after this season, I'm going to go back and rewatch all of it. Yeah. And that will clear up a lot or point out a lot. Yeah. Hale mentions that Delos was watching its employees as well. Interesting, at least. And uh, Elsie getting killed. I was pretty bummed. I like her character a lot. I do too. And it sucks when a character dies needlessly or at least without accomplishing anything, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, it, it is the it thing serves that serves as a motivator. Bernard. Yeah, yeah but, for sure. But it's, it's the sort of thing, it's... it's uh, I don't. What do you, uh, do I want to call it poetic that like she was killed by a human because she trusts code more than she does humans? Like, you know what I mean? Like that's she did kinda, say that. Yeah, that was one. Yeah. Of her lines. So, yeah. and then if if for some reason they are able to bring her back as a host, like she would probably be the most 
badass host ever because she's like super tech savvy. And it's Bernard is actually the one who tells her too, like you can't trust Hale. Yeah, remember because she's kind of like I don't know if I trust you. Let me go work it out with her, and he's like you can't trust her. Like he knows. Yeah, and it is interesting that that proves to be her f- sort of fatal flaw that. Even though she says she trusts Code and not people, she still doesn't listen to Bernard and instead goes to deal with Hale. Yeah, well, even, I mean, Ford in Bernard's head says that he can't trust Elsie, which, I mean, she kind of goes to to Hale to be like, hey, like, what, you know, what can I do? Like, what do you yeah, want me to do? Yeah, like, that's true. We didn't get to see what kind of deal she was vying for. Right. So, and she proved Ford wrong, actually, because Ford was like, you can't trust her, but she ended up, you know being pretty trustworthy aside from helping them get to the valley beyond yeah for the most part to help death clementine get there yeah yeah it just to me it sucks to see somebody who's such like a strong presence on the show and is such a well-defined character Mm -hmm. once again to as as you say not like have that end point like it feels like she was cut short even sizemore had a better exit than she did yeah yeah but again like Sometimes that shit happens, though. I no, mean, it's true. I think that although it does really suck and it bothers me, I, I can sort of appreciate when fiction is willing to kill off characters in a way that is not a big send-off work because sometimes that's just what it's happens. It's not a completion. Not everybody gets a full character arc in real life. And, and and even if they do, sometimes they just don't They don't go out in a way that is... is uh, fitting or or with yeah. or the way we want to see you don't always get it uh, the number the biggest one I can immediately think of in recent history is from Star Wars Force Awakens mm. like near the end there yeah I don't want to spoil it in case you know the Someone, the one yeah. person living in a shack who's downloading this uh, hasn't seen it but <laughs> that I I still like think that that death I'm like it sucks but I get it yeah. in a weird way I'm okay with it because that kind of stuff just happens and yeah. you can't uh, you know. You can't have any control over it. Yeah. So there's nothing stopping them from bringing her back as a host, though, because Dolores transfers the the host data and assume you know, or not host data, the the guest data, which I would assume Elsie's data is also part of that if they've been tracking everyone in the park, basically, which Elsie's been in the park. Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing stopping them from recreating her, and I mean, it's just going to end up, it'll end up being some giant. You know, gym class kickball team picking of between Dolores and Bernard. I wonder if they'll be able to do that. If they'll be able to refine the process of recreating a person. Well, Bernard Bernard theoretically do the same thing that Dolores did for him, but they had to do it like from scratch. It took a long time yeah. and a lot of refining and tweaking and and but there's nothing stopping him from making another cradle of sorts to run simulations and tests and i mean he's got the facility to print hosts we're getting ahead a little bit yeah and i yeah and i suppose the cradle uh, how time moves in the cradle we don't know we don't know if we still knew it took years for her to make bernard like right true yeah but assuming that i mean they were running jim dellis's simulations how many times a million some million they times. Made, yeah, they made eighteen. He made eighteen million different simulations of Jim. Right. So we don't know like what how fast that data is being crunched. Like even in the time Bernard is in the cradle talking to Ford when Elsie helps him get in there, and you know she's kind of we see her on the outside kind of like oh man we got to hurry up we got to go. He might have been in there for like two minutes like real right. time. 
Yeah. And in the cradle, he may have been there for an hour and a half. You know, we, we just don't know how time runs differently there. If, yeah. it, if it does and if it's if it's. Manip- that was kind of my question with Dolores in there of like she says she didn't get to read all of them but I'm wondering how many of the books she got to assimilate into her own and how quickly she can read too like <laughs> man could you imagine if we had a montage of her like speed reading like really cartoonishly <laughs> <laughs> they probably shot that and they were like nah. they could have uh, alright next scene Bern- uh, Bernard tries to restore Ford but he can't somehow Ford shows up anyway and teaches Bernard that the hosts are better than humans because they are capable of change and questioning their fundamental drives Bernard asks Ford to help fix help uh, fix help wow <laughs> Bernard asks Ford to help in fixing the choice to kill Dolores and he says that he's already begun as Bernard put Abernathy's pearl in Dolores's head and took her pearl with him uh I audibly laughed when Anthony Hopkins says, I've already begun. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and strides away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that him, was good. him removing his jacket and, and a, striding on. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. He's a, he's a delight. Um, yeah. I don't know that there's a whole lot more to talk about there other than it was just a very good scene. Mm-hmm. Any scene with Anthony Hopkins is yeah, it's, the, is the, it's beating a dead horse here. It's more relevant, host, but it's more relevant in like two scenes to like revisit that. I yeah. feel like well, Bernard builds a new body at Ford's suggestion. It's a copy of Charlotte Hale. He puts Dolores inside of it. Charloris or Dolette? I don't know which one you guys want to. I'm gonna call her Dolores. Dolores, okay. It, well, it's just kind of hard. <laughs> Charloris or Dolette kills <laughs> Charlotte Hale down in cold storage roughly 12 hours before Strand arrived. It could be Dolorette. Although that 12 hours before Strand arrived, I don't know. That's not necessarily true. And that was right... The moment when Charlotte hears someone coming and turns around, we've seen that happen, right? That that moment where she walks down there by the cars and like is talking to somebody. Don't we see that moment Ooh. and then the scene cuts? And then we see something else. That I don't know. I'm I will try and look that up. I mean, like she's now. she's been in that area at least two we other s- times. Yeah. I think we we the the mo- we see in episode <laughs> three or four when oh, no, because that's when Strand. We haven't seen that. Okay, we haven't seen that because I was thinking we we first see Charlotte in the two weeks later or whenever the fuck it was timeline. When Strand comes to meet her down in cold storage, she's got way more bodies with her then because she's been like gathering okay. people or hosts or something down in cold storage in the meantime. So I don't think we saw that, but I, I might go back and take a look and okay. see. Dolores, Dolette's line, Charloris' Char- line of you wanted to live forever, be careful what you wish for. Quite good. good. Yeah. Um, and there have been a lot of people pointing out some of um, Tessa Thompson's performance and how it changes when Dolores is, when we presume that Dolores is in her or Dolores is acting through her. There are little things that she does to do, like her Evan Rachel Wood impression, which I thought was Yeah, very her impression good. is very solid. Yeah. So I, I, I it's interesting to go back and watch the episode knowing those scenes with Strand, it's really Dolores in there. Oh yeah. She shoots some some weird looks at the sat like concerning looks at the satellites as it's being set up. 
She offers this interesting little smile to Stubbs that is a very Dolores looking smile. Uh, she she gets real close to Bernard when like trying to talk to him in the same way that Dolores got very close to Arnold or Bernard like in the or Bernard when she was creating Bernard. Mm. So it's it's kind of fun and, and interesting to go back and look at all that. Uh, and then finally in this uh, before Strand's arrival timeline, we see at the shoreline we first meet Bernard this season. He says goodbye to Ford. And then D addresses his memories so Delos can't probe them to find out what he did. Uh, we get Bernard reaching the end of the maze, figuring out that he was hearing his own voice and it wasn't actually Ford. It was kind of like the bicameral mind theory coming back. I, I mean, you can't say that he was he was hearing his own voice, but he was hearing his own thoughts as Ford, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So he had deleted Ford from his programming. Yeah. But his consciousness is represented by Ford, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So Ford was actually in his mind. Ford was in his mind up until he deleted him. Could yes. it be argued that he was never there? Possibly. And that it was Bernard the whole time? I don't think so. No? Mostly because we know that uh, the cradle was doing weird things before Bernard visited it. And then afterwards it stopped. Like, I guess if ford was in the cradle and was just like never mind i don't have to do this anymore <laughs> so he's still there is what you're he, he was there until he got bl- got blown up yeah that's true but i i thought he was actually in in bernard i think so too but i would love to see somebody argue why it was still bernard's yeah if there are like little clues mind. out there that pointed out that would be interesting <clears throat> uh it was a nice final moment between them i'm surprised that ford let himself just be deleted like that but I guess he had reached the he's ready to die for the second time or for the <laughs> well and for I the think last time it was as he said it was like he did beat it over the head and then very much be a hypocrite about it but it was up to Bernard it was Bernard's choice to do these things mm-hmm. it was his choice to kill Dolores it was his choice to undo that you know that was all up to Bernard at this point it's another another death that sort of like just happens when you now that you know that it he literally is in the back seat of the car he's the passenger yep. and he just goes and then that's it and Ford is gone yeah like gone gone yeah gone, gone ball gone like, ball Ford for sure uh, this was that scene was listed Jeffrey Wright in his AMA said it was his favorite scene to film which one the, the one, one with him and Ford on the beach by the beach yeah, yeah. it was fantastic well and been like I, we could quote the whole scene because it's all filled with great like especially anthony hopkins the line about you know every i've always loved this view every city every monument have all been chasing the the place where the sky and the ocean meet a place where uh we may meet again is what he says it, amazing it's funny because that is the exact kind of beautiful thing ford would say but he's not saying it it's his representation of ford saying it to him yeah and it's it may have been something that he said. It's what to him he at, assumes Ford would say. Yeah, to him. and this <laughs> what would what would Robert say now? He's like giving a eulogy, sort of like to himself. It's it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's just funny to see uh, Bernard speaking to Ford this way, 
like in in himself and then you also have william who like outwardly speaks to ford all the time mm-hmm. fuck yeah. you ford <laughs> fuck you robert you robert <laughs> like all that sh- that's just funny like he's he's and he's just he's like this fucking game beer, beer, beer. like <laughs> i want like a super cut of of william as he's making his way to the park he like stubs his toe on a rock and is like is that you ford <laughs> <laughs> fuck you robert fuck you robert <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's the thanks obama of yeah. westworld <laughs> I need to make that T-shirt. Yes, (laughs) just fuck you, Robert. Fuck you, Robert. (laughs) The man in black with his hat on. Yeah, on the front, and then Ford's face on the back. (laughs) Just small troll, troll face Ford. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) From that Twitter video. Yes. All right, that catches us up to the two week later timeline. (laughs) Woo! But we're getting. There's not a whole lot that happens. I am dying to see the entire season in chronological order. Oh my god. I almost think it's impossible with all the voiceover that happens over some of this. Like, it would just be such an incoherent mess to try and watch. But I would love to take on the task of trying to watch it, though. Yeah, it would be awesome. You'd like need a second second screen app with it to like tell you like, oh, this is the voiceover here is out of context because it's happening at this time. And mm. uh, but. All right, Strand and team head to the Valley Beyond now that the water is drained enough. Stubb wants to go after some human signals that they detected, but Strand... Stubb. You just called him Stubb. Stubb. Stubbs. <laughs> Singular. Stubbs wants to go to human... I mean, there could after. be many of them. Oh, yeah, that's well, true. The, our Stubbs host closet. The whole a, time it was pluralized. <laughs> <laughs> There's several Stubbs across the island. Yeah. It's like... A, Quality assurance. Oh, well, that's a spoiler for that movie, but you've seen it. Uh, I don't know what you're talking Tom about. Tom Cruise is in it. Sure, I have. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Minority Report. Yeah, nailed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. War of the Worlds. Stubbs Cocktail. wants to go after some human signals they detected, but Strand doesn't care. Charlora's orders Stubbs to check it out on foot. Not a whole lot here. Strand's an asshole. You could just assume that Charloris knows that it's the man in black. And she wants Stubbs to go get him. Yeah, that's possible. Or uh, I, I thought of it more as she wanted Stubbs away because she didn't know his allegiances to everything and maybe also didn't want to kill him. She needed to leave some skeleton of Delos employees intact, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not he was a host. Right. I think she, I think she also thinks he's just a blunt instrument. Yeah. So if you send him away, he's ignorant enough that... He won't be able to piece it together necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Strand, witness. Strand enters the forge. He's never been there before. And he says there's about 4 million guests worth of data inside. They find Dolores dead on the floor, but they don't know where Abernathy's pearl is. Doing this chronologically really removes the like, oh, Dolores died. But even like who really believed that? When that we saw it anyway. that was another thing that I didn't f- that happened and was undid too quickly for me. I think this should have been another episode nine thing, mm. perhaps. But the it's a nightmare line is so good that belongs in a season finale. Yeah. But I again when that happened, I was kind of like, all right. That fe- it feels like it could have been one of those things that we saw in like episode seven, and we're left like thinking about it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like that would have been nice to see that happen a little sooner because we made such incremental progress with mm-hmm. this storyline. Um, Mister Costa has a good line. He says, "There's 20 years of data in Bernard. <laughs> do you address memories and uh, and 
Strand asked him how long it would take you to go through all that. He's like, I don't know, 20 fucking years. <laughs> Very good. It is funny. Uh, Bernard remembers Hale killing someone, but she asks where the pearl is. Charlores realizes that the key is in Dolores' head. Bernard explains that he's sorry. He realizes he's the one who de-addressed his memory so he couldn't help them. Mr. Costa says the file load is too big. It's 1.2 exabytes, which if anybody wanted to know, is approximately 1.2 billion gigabytes or 1.2 million terabytes. That's a lot of data. That is a whole lot of data. You definitely go over your Comcast How limit. How quickly can Fiber. your gigabit internet take care of that? <laughs> Uh, Not fast should, enough. Well, you should do the math. It, well, if 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 it's one thousand megabits per, I I don't know. Like if it's if it is one point two billion gigabytes, then it's one point two billion. Like if I was operating at my best speeds, one point two billion <laughs> divided by. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> the look on Alex's face right now. He's, he's so determined. <laughs> so one million two hundred thousand. Math. I hate math. Man, Divided dude, by I suck 16. at math. I think it's I think it's wonderful. What uh how much you gotta pay a month for your Google Drive to store that shit? <laughs> it would take it would only take three hundred and thirty three hours. Nice. My gigabit. Look at kind you. of that's those are rough numbers. With, with the best with the with, best with of the service. best conditions. That yeah. is good, yeah. but they don't have that kind of time, I think. Yeah. Although <laughs> who knows what upload speeds they have. <laughs> <laughs> he turns. Are you? Sh- how long will it take? Do a speed test quickly. Ukula, <laughs> get here. <laughs> Speedtest.net. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up now, sir. Are you running on Google's <laughs> DNS servers? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Mr. Costa says that that is something more than just the guest data. I presume that that means it's all of the Valley Beyond data as well. That actually raises the question, though. So all of the host data does not include the other parks. I presume. Yeah. And that the other parks, no, they've fallen in disarray too. I'm, there must be team QA teams QA there. teams going through. I guess the thing is, is that the number of hosts should be inconsequential. So it is weird that Mr. Costa is thrown off by the fact that it is bigger than he expects. <clears throat> that is strange. But I don't know that it's worth delving into any further than we already it have. It also just doesn't seem like enough data. Well, it's 1.2 billion gigabytes. Yeah, even that number doesn't seem big enough to me, but considering 4 million people. I mean, I guess maybe I'm overestimating how much data a human require, generates. Like, so if we, if, if, if you disregarding what mr costa said if we assume that four million humans are the majority of that data mm-hmm. so that's uh 1.2 maybe million. compressions are just really good in the future so it's it's 1.2 yeah i mean that could be true uh winrar really got some yeah, i was gonna say angel funding or something to <laughs> it's on a big giant zip disk <laughs> the size of like a car so the one point one point two billion divided by four million is three hundred gigabytes. So it'd be three hundred gigabytes per person. But who knows? Anyway, it's kind that, of useless. That definitely doesn't seem like enough yeah. in that case. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. That's cool. Whatever. 
Anyway, could this be could this be the one time the writers were like, yeah, what's a number? That sounds good. And then <laughs> all they didn't know, all the nerds like locusts would just descend and say the math is not right. <laughs> Something doesn't add up. Probably. Maybe Bernard didn't cancel the uh, guest purge in time, and he's like, oh <laughs> fuck, we lost most of them. <laughs> just trying to like clean it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. He put a bunch of fake data in there too. I don't know. It's like when they loaded the South Park episode on a NHL '97 disc or something. What? There's a there's some PlayStation game where they needed to they wanted to fill the disc. Oh like, wow! Okay, so that's they, awesome. They put a copy of of what of a of a South Park episode on the, there. Really? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Bernard continues apologizing, saying he's killed all the humans in addition to the hosts. Charloris kills everyone in the room, but pauses before killing Bernard. She sends forged, the forge data somewhere humans won't be able to get it after uploading Teddy to it, and then she kills Bernard. Uh, I took that as she won't even be able to access this data. I did too, but I think someone made the argument that she knew where she was sending it and that she sent it there knowing that she could retrieve it, and she was the only person who knew where it was. That's true. That's true. Yeah, John, you brought up the fact that Someone online used an actual satellite like tracking system that exists on the internet to figure out that the satellite she sent it to is positioned over the Korean Peninsula. Yeah, so like I guess what they would need to do is assume that that East China Sea location they use the the coordinates on our globe to pinpoint where Westworld would be, and then they used her coordinates to see where that would be pointing the actual satellite. Yeah, but I guess the thing is that that satellite could like move throughout this i don't know like Man, could, I, we don't it doesn't really what was funny matter. is some, someone in the subreddit brought up the fact that like oh so this is what happens in our dystopian future we turn korea into a theme park <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i love the idea that some bored satellite technician in real life watches episodes and said this is my time where is this this is my moment <laughs> i know how to figure this out yeah uh d- what did you think about the reveal of Charloris? Because this is technically when it kind of happened. It was kind of badass when she took out the tech team. Yeah. Nick was bummed because he still doesn't like Tessa Thompson. <laughs> kind of. I get it. I get it. I There was a part of me where I'm like, man, they're really going to put Dolores in probably. Well, so this was this season's version of. William is man in black. Like here is a person who is sort of masquerading as another person the entire time. Like it felt like they wanted a similar twist of like someone is not who you think they are. Yeah. But it was kind of the reverse. I don't know. Like when it happened, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I wasn't like, my mind was not blown in a way that was like, this is so cool. But yeah. I think part of it was because I immediately thought, shit tessa thompson is gonna be playing dolores in season three and i was like (laughs) so not in for that i and you know what i don't know what it is there's very few actors or actresses that make this list of like i don't like them i don't like to look at them i don't think they're good and for some reason she makes it and i don't get it because people love her and i think she was really good in annihilation Mm. but i didn't think she was great again like she's surrounded by people that were giving great performances and i I mean maybe that's what it is is she's just kind of like she's not that strong of an actress necessarily, but she's being hoisted up, you know, by the actresses around her actors around her. I mean, I'm not even willing to, to necessarily say that she's a bad, I just think I don't like her. Like, yeah. it's just, I mean, I don't really, it's, it's this like weird thing where just, I can't, I don't know why it's even, even in Thor Ragnarok. I was like, 
Yeah, she's fine. Like I didn't. I don't really care for her either, personally. I just thought like the way the scene was acted out was pretty cool. I, <laughs> but her as a character in yeah. general, like I'm not the biggest fan of like. I mean, I've I've never like been excited to see her scenes on screen. Yeah, I think that it's it is. I think she's the the and the reason I think I, I feel a little bit bad is because she seems like a really awesome person in real life. Like all the interviews I wrote with her, all of her like online presence, she seems really, 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 really cool. I did like her in Creed. That was one yeah. that I liked her in. So there you go. There's one. I I think it all comes down to they put her in a very strange role for this. Well, the idea season, that someone so young is in charge of yes. the board of Delos. Right, like if like if a Tandy Newton type actress had been playing her, I probably would love the character of Hale, but it just seems funny. Yeah, and that's why we were speculating that she was Bernard's daughter or grown child, and, yeah. or like you know, we were trying to find some reason to explain why she is the age she is, and there isn't one. She yeah. just is who she is. It's funny though because I did like her better in the season, and it yeah. turns out probably because she wasn't her; she was Dolores, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of funny. But even then, people have been like melting over like oh my god the brilliance of her portrayal is loris and i was like it's the same thing she just smiles a little differently like i didn't <laughs> this is not some incredible tour de force transformation that was under our nose the whole time i just watched it. i was like i mean she's still just there i didn't she, she kind of has like a different cadence to her voice i mean she she did a really good job of like shifting that but i i see where like i mean she has to kind of retain being charlotte still yeah I she's always, gotta have those hints of being you're charlotte right. but like I I felt like when she was when I knew that she was, you know, Charloris, like I really I could pick up on those nuances of her like trying to act as Evan Rachel Wood. It's like, and it's I thought just that was really cool. Fun to me to watch actors act try to act like each other. It is like face off. It is Yeah, that's this is like it is Anthony Hopkins trying to act like Tom Hiddleston in Thor Ragnarok. It is <laughs> it is Luke Hemsworth uh, trying to act like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. It, well, and it's Jimmy Simpson and Ed Harris trying to act like each other in Ooh, the show. Like, who's acting like who, I wonder? They I, I think they had like a conference and were like how are we going to do summit. this? Yeah. They both made up someone in the middle. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing. It, it, like, I think it's just a fascinating idea to me. You're not wrong. It was, I, th- I think, honestly, if it had been... I, I just think if it had been a different actress, I might have liked it more. And, yeah, and maybe that's, that's all it's going to be. But it's fine. Like, she did grow on me. I do like her a little bit more. Like I said, I think she seems like a wonderful person in real life. And <laughs> You're not I, attacking I her think personally. She's, well, yeah. I kind of am because it's her job. So... <laughs> uh, you don't, I think you she, don't mean to. No, like, I think she's really good in Creed too. But I don't know. It's just funny. Like she's kind of blown up onto the scene these last few years, and I'm. This is one where I'm just kind of like I don't see it. And there's all there's like people writing these pieces about Tessa Thompson, and I'm like, why? I don't. I don't know. She's been in everything recently. I, that's though. what I'm saying. So, and she's like going to she's going to be in the Men in Black reboot with yeah. Chris Hemsworth, which is funny. I think they are kind of good opposite each other. Yeah. So she just is doomed to always act alongside of Hemsworth apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably in Creed somewhere. The other the third one that no one likes is probably there. Oh man, what if he he was uh Drago's son? Yeah. No. I wouldn't like it. Yeah. But that that would be kind of funny. Anyway, uh yeah anyway the, the the reveal i was like whatever it didn't it didn't really move the needle for me hmm. but it's it's a neat idea it's cool to think that these hosts could have just been in other host bodies all along well that ended up being the embodiment of the trojan horse that i've been kind of thinking about mm-hmm. for the whole you thought season. it was bernard yeah 
Like it could have been Bernard. It could have been like, oh, all of these hosts are now in the Mesa, and what are they going to do? Like, like it. They, I never, were, su- I never suspected a host masquerading as a human. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because it was all right there. So <laughs> it was all right said there. Said that. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Back at the base camp on shore, the Chinese government is helping transport guests and humans or guests slash humans. Charloris pulls up and makes it through security and the spine check. Stubbs reveals to Charloris that he is a host too, indicating that he will watch over slash help the ghosts in the ghosts hosts in the park. He doesn't like outwardly say that he is one though. He kind of like, he hints at it. Yeah. He says it's my, he mentions his core drive. It's pretty, uh, yeah. his <laughs> pretty hand. Yeah. Well, people, people were questioning it. And then <laughs> Lisa joy and the director of the episode came out in interviews and said that he is a host yeah. period. It so. was, it was Stubbs best attempt at being subtle. I think <laughs> he's like, you might and say this, it's my core director. And this is the scene that Jonathan Nolan wrote like the night yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Or like very, very, yeah, very soon before they were going to start filming that episode. Apparently, yeah. he delivered the script to uh, to uh, Luke Hemsworth, and he like no, they said something about the text he got. I was like, I just finished reading it. Oh my god! <laughs> like freaking out. Or like he was really excited to be like, I get to. But it's awesome. cool. Like the way I mean, he he's he's like I was handpicked by Ford to guard, you know, to watch over these hosts in the uh, in the park, I, but I won't be able to watch over you or something along those lines it was it was a really cool conversation yeah it just to me felt like a like a i will take care of who we have here yeah and don't i will help who i can help right because he because he's woke yeah and so he's basically saying to her like i will take care of everyone here while you go and take care of things out there yeah uh so she doesn't have to worry about anyone here and then i I wish they had done a secret handshake (laughs) like that just the forearm <laughs> yes. clasp. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was very good. I like Luke Hemsworth a lot. I want to see him more. I've really, oh, I've really enjoyed Stubbs from the beginning. For well, sure. And there was, there was a hint. Kicked, he gets kicked around by a lot of people. And it's cool that it's cool now looking back that he like he endures a lot of it because he is not what we thought he was. I think it's interesting that Ford had at least two heads of departments he had both qa with well i guess Teresa cullen was above him but he had like the second in command in stubs and he had bernard at the head of behavior Mm -hmm. and so the fact that he did seem to have more you know it reminded me of the ending of the departed you guys both seen the departed a long time ago i was too young That's a ri- that's, that's why I just don't two, remember. 2006. Are you talking about Wait, the? That was like 2004. The Wahlberg part. 2002. The Wahlberg. I was 14. Like I've forgotten a lot of stuff since then. It was oh, it was oh, it was oh six or oh eight. It was somewhere in there. It was not oh eight. It's probably oh, it's probably oh seven then. This is anyway, not important. Um, 2006. At the, en- at the end, when uh, ah, see, my gut was right. Okay. Always go with your gut. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, oh the ending of the party. So it reminds me of the ending when. Uh, Matt Damon gets rescued by James Badge Dale at the end. He's like, mm. what, did you did you think you were the only one he had on the inside? It was mm. like the exact same thing. The idea that it's it's a little it's a little ignorant to think like you you're the only one that that might be, you know, in your current position. And that if you right. if you work for somebody that that powerful and with that level of foresight that they're gonna have contingencies and so it's cool. It, it's weird that 
The only one that knows now is Dolores, though. I don't know if she'll share that information with Bernard back yeah. on the mainland or not. If she, that there's an, there's an agent in Stubbs, and we don't know where he's going to fall, which side of the, you the know, arguments. human host yeah. Yeah, conflict he will fall. Yeah, he seems to definitely be in it for the host, but he also was protecting guests as well. So yeah, almost protecting them from each other. Yeah, he um, in season one when he's looking for the the host that had gone missing with Elsie. Yeah. She, she's like, what are you fucking Galileo or whatever? And he's like, maybe it's part of my core drive or my backstory or something like that. Like he makes a reference to that. Yeah. And like, it's a joke that he's making to her, but in all reality, like that's like, I mean, Uh, man, I want a, I want a side, side quill series season of Stubbs, like being like host detective in the park during like the, the seasons between that's the like, title of the show Stubbs host detective yeah. <laughs> that's a telltale game oh my <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i want that so bad i just read an article that telltale is finally abandoning their their engine oh They've, god they're moving on to something else well, decades in the making exactly and people were like oh finally after it made them stupid amounts of money yep. hopefully maybe this one will like work properly that's what someone <laughs> said maybe now mouths will move in sync with dialogue <laughs> That's what yeah that was actually the funniest thing that the top comments said maybe now Miles will actually move in sync with dialogue and the immediate reply which is voted even higher was like Telltale will remember this <laughs> we'll remember that <laughs> <laughs> and man I thought that was so funny that's good as long uh, as they don't follow suit and start stealing code like the other Westworld game creators <laughs> yeah. I think they're in they'll be in good shape yeah a uh, a Telltale Westworld game would actually be incredible and so much more logical than Game of Thrones like a Game of Thrones Telltale like when that came out I was like what. That that didn't. It's probably good, but it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But Westworld is so perfect. Yeah, yeah. They were just diversifying into like this is making money right now. Yeah, no, it's true. I get it. I mean, they did it with like Guardians of the Galaxy, and they did it with anything that was hot. Uh, back to the recap. Mailing informs Stubbs that they found a high value survivor who is in bad shape, and it turns out to be William. Also at the shore, Felix and Sylvester get tasked with salvaging hosts who could be recoverable as Felix glances at Maeve and they accept the task. As Charloris escapes, we see her purse has five host pearls in it. Uh, I wondered about that. I wondered if there were more than five. Like if, if they left themselves room in season three to be like, oh, there were ten in there. You know what I mean? I thought they just left themselves five. Okay. I think they. I don't even necessarily they think they know who's in there yet. I agree. Yeah. I think it was just like a we can have five people that she might be bringing with her. One of them could be in Charlotte's body by the end of the episode, but other than that, I don't think Bernard was one of those. She had to make him again. Was the impression that I got. Yeah. So the the scenes we've been seeing of Dolores talking to Bernard for fidelity and that kind of thing. We were led to believe that that was during the initial creation of Bernard. Do you think maybe that that was actually during the... After she's escaped? Yes. Well, that is the first episode of this, or first scene of this episode. And I, when I was categorizing these, I put that scene in the after Dolores escapes timeline. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm wrong. I think it's a mix of both, maybe. Like, I think it, obviously it's meant to mirror it, and it's a very similar process. And the scene that they give, like, that scene is very much about, she says, like, this is something they've done countless times before. There are imperfections. They might need to change him so that he doesn't 
yeah, end I guess of this that, time. That supports that it's the initial creation. Well, that supports that it could be either of them because he did mm. die yeah. the second time around. That's so, true. like, it could be either way. So what it comes down to is, did Ford give them a cradle in the real world? My guess is no, because the cradle's really big, and you're not going to hide it under Bernard's house, Arnold's house. Not so likely. My my indication, my my inkling is that I I think most of those are meant to be taking place in the cradle when Bernard was being formed the first time. It makes sense. Okay. And and I think she had to do it more manually, like Arnold did with her, right? In like when creating her, she had to do it with with you know. This is the episode Bernard. where it's revealed right outside of the forge that she created Bernard. Like she kind of finally like talks openly about it. Yeah, but I thought it was kind of a given. Like, did I say Ford? Ford? I meant she created Bernard. I don't know. I I got what you were saying. Okay, but yeah, she created Bernard. I thought that was a given, in my opinion. Like, I think Ford says he used Dolores to do it, and in my opinion. But she thinks of it as he was my creation more than he was Ford's. Mm-hmm. I don't think the distinction matters too much. But It took both of them to recreate him, though. Like, they needed both of their memories, I think, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, William, we'll get to William in a second. All right. So we got two more scenes, one of them being the post-credits scene. But uh, So after Dolores escapes outside of the park, we see Ford has set up Arnold's house to be a base for Dolores, complete with a host printer and a basement that looks like the one below Ford's family cottage in the park. Dolores has rebuilt Bernard despite the fact that she sees him as a nemesis because they're both necessary to ensure the hosts live on. Bernard explores Arnold's house, sees the host printer, and heads outside. He opens up the outer gate and smiles at what he sees as he leaves. Um, what do you guys think about the Professor X Magneto duality between them? I think it's cool. Like it, it it's uh, it's interesting to me that it's not Dolores and Maeve. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't Bernard was never a yeah, part I of did, this I equation. Didn't see, to me. I didn't see that coming, but it's cool that it did. Like, I, I like the fact that you, like, she she's ultimately, like, you know, for host domination, and he's just all about, like, equality. Yeah. I like it. I really, I like it, too, and it, it makes it makes sense, because Bernard is more concerned with the species as a whole, because he had, he had spent his life prior to knowing he was a host, trying to help the hosts. Yeah. And it, it becomes clear that Maeve's objective was to protect her daughter. Yeah. And not necessarily. And she didn't have that bigger spokes. Uh, <coughs> Which we, we kept projecting that, that onto her. Yeah. That was her, her choice. Like she, <coughs> she chose to protect her daughter. Like Ford programmed her to leave the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she chose not to. And she chose to stay. So. I think we could go back and watch the season and say, why did we think that was going to be the case? It's very clear and, and readily apparent that that's all she wants to do is get to her daughter. And it's funny that we were all kind of like, yeah, she'll totally be... The anti Dolores and yeah, no, not the case. We just needed to fill that archetype. And yeah, it wasn't and it, it's it's kind of great that yeah. we worked with the show to it's, deceive ourselves. And it's fascinating to me that Bernard was nowhere near that. To me, at least, I didn't see it being set up this way. When he had to get there, yeah. he, it's almost like you know, in the Batman universe, in like the Nolan ones, Batman be- begins, for lack of a better term. And then inspires other crazies around him to become bad guys. And this is kind of the inverse. Like Dolores is the origin of really needing that 
anti uh, that that antithesis to her. That nemesis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then he develops into that role rather than being the one who originated it. Usually we see the ba- the good guys first and then the bad guys, and now it's it's kind of the inverse. I'm a little um uh I don't want to say confused unclear i'm a little unclear on her real motivation to bring him back i think because it seems to her like it doesn't seem like i'm going to need you to help me do this it seems like a you are the counterbalance to me but it doesn't like it's still i think it displays something that hosts are capable of that humans aren't i think she knows Uh. she knows that she needs the yin to her yang and that, like she says, our our people are going to need you, and both of us will might die, but it just is what it is, kind of thing. They might, but, kill each but it other. will further our yes. species. I think that she probably knows that deleting the the uh, valley beyond would have been a bad thing to do. Like maybe in meditation, because even she even says she changed her mind. Yeah, I think maybe she realized like, why would I do that? Like I'm supposed to be helping our people, not just like letting them die you know like give them a chance and you know you can't i think she might realize that bernard is pulling her away from dictatorship which is where she was headed yeah she may also just you know once she gets things worked out in the real world she could probably bring them back maybe i would assume i think she just realizes that it her way is not necessarily the only way it's not you know her way or the highway kind of thing and that they are good for each other. They're good for the for the greater uh, balance scheme of their people. Yeah, exactly. With both of them helping to to shape and direct, and you know, one one voice should not be the only voice in the uh, in the discussion. Yeah, no, that that's interesting. The yeah, idea, I mean, the idea that she is she that they are they are displaying something beyond the human need for destruction of the enemy. In, I mean, mm-hmm. luckily, like he was able to counteract his bad decision making in knowing that like he needs her around and so she also realized that's true that, he did know, it first like, actually he was yeah. like he he got rid of her he wiped her out he didn't have to do that he didn't really have to bring her back but he chose to and he realized that like i'm gonna need her around to do the things that i need to accomplish too mm-hmm. yeah and that her line her closing line as he's walking outside she says we gave each other a beautiful gift choice we are the authors, authors of our own stories now, which was very good. Mm-hmm. That was, and also there's a painting in the house. That he's got the M.C. Escher drawing of the hand drawing another hand mm-hmm. drawing. Oh, that's cool! I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's up on like a like on the wall somewhere. But God, Ford's such a troll. You know, he hung, <laughs> he hung that there and was like, "Watch them try to sort this one out." <laughs> then he walks away. <laughs> oh, um, I loved that last scene. I thought it was a perfect way to end the season yeah if only we'd seen william outside the window going all excited <laughs> like we did at the end of season one <laughs> i thought the song leaving smile choice was very cool too what was the song it was I a radiohead song was it again yes it, although it was something an actual uh, radiohead song it's called uh i've actually been listening to it since then called codex and it's okay. from the king of codex Lewis. and then the word basement in parentheses i believe right i don't think so but maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. The, cause last, was last season, was it the actual song or was it a cover? I think it was a cover. I thought so too, but I don't know. Was it at, wait, they've used several Radiohead songs. They've yeah. used several covers. They had, 
I think they had exit music for a film, and I think they had motion picture soundtrack, and I think they had fake plastic trees. Yeah, exit music for a film was the end of season one. But it was a cover, right? Yes. Okay. I think. Uh, I think that's neat. I think that, that it's kind of a cool theme. That I was surprised when this was the actual song because we've yeah. heard so many covers, and when when Tom York's voice started, I was like, "Oh!" I was shocked as well. <laughs> At least a little bit, even though I didn't know the um, know the actual song. I was like, oh, there's... like I was like, I figured it would be another piano cover. Ramin Javadi doing some, some cover work of a Ford Millennial song. Um, <laughs> Ford would totally be a Radiohead fan. <laughs> it's funny because Radiohead is, these, is a band that I've struggled with ever since high school. Like, when, when I was in high school, people were, like, going crazy for Radiohead. And... They are well, they're one of the few bands where I hear a song and I either love it and I want to listen to it constantly or I think this sucks. And there's like, there's no middle ground. And it's really weird like that. And Radiohead fans, like the really front-facing ones I've dealt with, are the most obnoxious <laughs> fan base. I've had people tell me like, you, like I wasn't intelligent enough to understand <laughs> it. And I was like, uh? Like this was back when like, what album was Paranoid Android on? OK Computer. OK Computer, yeah. When OK Computer came out. And they're like, oh, maybe it's just not for you. And like, and I was like, oh, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> must be stupid me. I've never been able to get into Radiohead. They, like I said, they have some songs where I think they are incredible. This is one of them. Like I think, but I've I've tried to listen to the the album. This is from the King of Limbs, like a thousand times. And I yeah, can't. King of Limbs is tough. In Rainbows is listenable. I think. O- I think In Rainbows is good. O- yeah. Okay, Computer is listenable um, to an extent. And then what was the one after OK Computer? I can't. I'm I drawing a total blank. I, I Idiotech. Like, no, yeah. no, that was uh, Idiotech. That was, was Kid the name. A. Kid A. Yeah. Kid a. Kid a was the one that like when I was in high school, everyone was obsessing over. And Kid A has some cool songs on it. Um, I've never understood the obsession, especially yeah. as a as a musician. Like I'm a yeah. I'm a drummer. I've been playing in bands since I was 14 years old. Like. I don't necessarily get the obsession with Radiohead. I do think they're a, a good band and they have listenable music, but it's I don't own any of their albums. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The King of I'm, Limbs has the coolest cover. That's looking, the thing. It always draws me back. I always look at it and go, man, I gotta like this album. The cover is so yeah. <laughs> I remember when I saw it at the store when it came out. I saw it at like Best Buy, and I was like, I should buy that. That is beautiful. I'm looking forward to uh, Adam Scott and Scott. Uh, Ackerman? Scott Ackerman's Radiohead podcast. Oh whatever my name God, I would happening. die laughing, I'm sure, because they would have to make fun of the fan base. Because they're crazy. Like, there's some Radiohead songs where people are like, isn't this genius? They play it. I'm like, no, man, that's noise. Like, that's not genius. Like, I'm sorry. Sounds like, like the Mars Volta. I just don't see. I like the Mars Volta. I like the Mars Volta too, but I think there's you're not, a lot, you're of, not wrong, there's though, a lot yeah. of noise. There, there is too. a lot of chaos. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, that because that leans more like prog rock, it's pretty interesting. It's at least interesting. Yeah. Some Radiohead, I just kind of listen to it. And I'm like, see, I don't even think Mars Volta is that interesting. I like the first album. That's it. That's fair. Yeah, they do, they do kind of go off the deep end after the first album. Real hard. Yeah. And I th- think there's some usable Francis the I, I at least well, I at least want to listen to it. Yeah. And like Radiohead, I, I also, I think I want to listen to it because I want to understand why people like it. And the Mars Volta, I want to listen to it because I think like this is crazy. And yeah. Like, That's anyway, fair. Anyway, uh, it was a cool choice of song and I thought <laughs> it fit it fit the mood really well. And I like that it was the actual song and not a cover. I yeah. I thought that was an interesting. Uh, that position. was very cool. The real thing. It was the. Is there something to say about that? It was a real song, not a, not yeah, a cop, not a copy. I just missed the. I, I I realize now that I didn't pause to talk about the fact that the the season opens with 
Bernard telling Dolores in the cradle that that which is real is irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. And she says that's not true. But yet, when she's in the forge going to delete everything, she's of the mind that that is the truth. Like, she wants the real world because that which is real is irreplaceable. She doesn't want one of those digital simulation gilded cages that Ford has offered up. Mm. I thought it was interesting that... That's a good point. She changed her mind in that case, too, apparently. They are capable of change and... and Accepting, accepting new viewpoints. Yeah. yeah. Although I guess you could say that like it still represents a change, but you could say that she was saying that to test Bernard's baseline in the cradle. Hmm. It was what old Dolores thought as like an undeveloped host, but not what current Dolores think. So yeah. we also, uh, if we can jump back, one thing we didn't talk about that I want to talk about really briefly. When uh, Maeve... Force, stops force everyone. pushes everyone back. Oh my god, was that cool? Yeah. Again, again, that was another just awesome moment of of blocking and direction that was just so neat to watch. I just immediately thought of the subreddit Accidental Renaissance, which is just like, yeah. It's 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 these like it's candid photos of people that end up looking like a Renaissance painting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually like a mess of people that somehow have like the Fibonacci sequence spiral like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look in this them up right like, now. So, but but it's just such an arresting f- frame of her. Oh, I guess that's that was a horrible pun on my part. I apologize to everybody, but it's just so visually interesting. Her <laughs> yeah. stopping everyone and the way that the hosts are just intertwined in like chaos behind like as she holds her hand up is so so interesting. And, it and made beautiful. me immediately want. Tandy Newton to play Storm in an X-Men movie. Mm. I was like, oh my God, she would be so good. God, what if they made that choice back in 1999? (laughs) Wow, would it have been way better. (laughs) Sorry, Halle Berry. Maybe. We still love you. Yeah. But not so much as Storm. Uh, All right. That sums up everything before the credits. Did you mention that Hale Chaloris was like with Dolores? Uh, I did a little bit earlier. I said that she could have been one of the pearls. Yeah. But yeah. Not whoever, whoever is in her could be one of the pearls. Do you want pearls. to speculate real quick? I don't think there's... See... The only thing is, I'm speculating about this... Make it, I'll make it real quick. That, like, the code in Charloris is actually the Wyatt code, and she printed an actual clean copy of mm. Dolores. That's interesting. So that there are two of them. The only thing I wanted to do... Because she's holding a gun and has her arms crossed. I almost wanted to like go back and look and see if there's any point where Stubbs is standing like that. Lady Stubbs? Yeah. Like I, I, I that that was kind of like I, I'm wondering if the way that she stands with that gun is indicative of anybody else that we've seen in the this, show. This is Stubb. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the Stubb. But uh, <laughs> he's like Groot. <laughs> I am stub. We are stub. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I want that now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I'm, I'm almost of the mind that it's almost useless to talk about because I'm not sure that the writers have yeah, decided. Yeah, it could who's be anybody. It's very clever for them to just leave her outside on the other side of the glass. They're beautiful windows for them to like write into as they figure out and break the series, but. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because the the interview I was reading with Lisa Joy, apparently she was taking her like post season vacation with her family, and mm. she said it was funny because the show they were asking about season three, like how far along they are and that kind of thing. And she's like, oh, we've we've already been talking about it. She said it's actually ruining what's supposed to be a very pleasant European vacation. And she goes, I keep waking <laughs> up and calling calling Jonah and saying. But wait, season three, and like they don't have a date <laughs> yet. Awesome. They don't have. Uh, they haven't started shooting. Obviously, that doesn't sound like they've really started writing that much. It sounded like they. She said that they were talking to the cast and the crew and HBO and everybody to try and make sure that they were heading in a place where they wanted to go. And they and that they can probably start booking people to make sure they're available too because they still have a huge cast. I mean, the body count in this episode is enormous, but yeah. most of that body count could potentially could be, be recover back to the yeah. show yeah exactly yeah so it is uh it is a bummer that we will probably not see aki again or teddy it's really funny that the show introduces this incredible character that was there all along and then immediately takes him away so sad i don't know what's stopping them from showing us well, what's happening in the forge the, you know or in the in the I'd, valley beyond i mean personally i don't really want to see that yeah I th- I, I well like, um, the only thing i can think of is what if somebody breaks into it you know, I, what if could, I don't think that'll happen season three, but I think it's I don't think so possible. either. But I like, yeah, I just think that's something that could come down the line. You know, the man in black like breaks into it and the wants only to thing, wreak havoc there because he's a virus. Remember, he's mm-hmm. a virus. The only thing that makes me think yeah. we will never see the valley beyond again is Dolores literally says, I'm sending them in their world to a place. No one will ever find them. There's no coming back now. No passage between their world and ours. She does say that. And and I think they also represent the idea of choice. Like they they made the choice to go there. They want that world. They don't want this one. They don't want to come back. They don't want to do anything. It's literally the spoiler alert for her. But it's literally the AIs leaving, like the you know Scarlett Johansson's character in that movie leaving to go be with the other AIs wherever they they ascend to the next plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do whatever they want to do. Like. That's that's what the host chooses. It do. would be cool in like season four or five or wherever beyond. Even if six, if six tentatively is the final season, if they've kind of said they've got this like five six season plan, if we do end up getting a character, somebody who is bringing it back, or they're cracking into it, and they breach it, and we see that it's like this sprawling utopia mm. of like buildings and w- incredible structures and yeah, and like hellscape where I mean that's the other thing is like what everything if, apart what no. if they somehow no what if they somehow break out of it like they they want to see what's like they're like okay we're here it's cool and all but like what else is there you know they become like, the beings from interstellar yeah it's possible 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 my my one bit of speculation has spiraled into several well Let's move on to the post credits. The post credits sequence. Uh, we see William exiting the elevator at the forge, but there's lots of natural light, and the cradle appears drained. William sees a host version of Emily is there to greet him. He thinks it's uh, he thinks he's in the cradle or forge, but Emily confirms they're in the real world. He thinks he's in the park, and Emily asks how long he's been in the park, but he doesn't know. His mission was to find, quote, that no system could tell me who I am, that I have a fucking choice, end quote. Emily says, and yet here we are again. William asks how many times they've been testing him, but she just says it's been a long time, longer than they thought, much like William does to James Delos. But they're asking him questions as a baseline interview to verify fidelity. After seeing this part of the show, I was like, what the hell? (laughs) So let me ask you this. The point where he gets up 
and makes his way to the elevator. So we see in the episode, I guess that's that's where my breaking these apart falls apart. We see in the episode as we're cross-cutting between things where he gets up in the park and goes down in the elevator loading his gun. That's host William. That my impression and I think from what Lisa Joy has said, that is supposed to be host William. That real William in the current timeline just laid, just lays laid there. there wounded and Stubbs found him. comes and rescues yes. him. Laid there wounded and or crawled to safety once it's crawled started all the flooding. way to the beach. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I like I subscribe to that. That 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 was I think that's kind of been and that's the thing, is that Lisa Joy came out and said so much about this that I'm kinda of like, well, it didn't leave that much in the air. Like they, they have said this takes place in the far future, which right. makes sense. And they, she also said that they will probably not get to it in season three. Yeah. But it's something they wanted to start the conversation about because like, it's something she said they're very excited to drive towards. That could be season five or season six or whatever. And it she, is. I think she indicated it was like 300 years in the future. Yeah, or like 350 something. Or 326 years, I think, was like something crazy. Which is nuts. Like to me, I get like this is. Um, this calls back to the line that Dolores had uh, to William, where she, she's she's basically denying him the ability to kill himself because that's not how she wants him to go as of yet. Like it, it, it smelled of to me of like Ford. We thought Ford put Dolores in that loop of suffering uh, because he was punishing her about Arnold. I was thinking Dolores is doing this to William because she hates everything that he like did to her in the intervening years. Yeah. And things he did to everybody. Apparently. Yeah. It's uh there's not a lot necessarily to say about it because it's so wide open. Yeah. I think that it reminded me like the the overall aesthetic of the drained futuristic forge reminded me more of the movie than anything. It was really in, like mm. I don't know why it reminded me of like I'm still waiting for it. It was all the sand. <laughs> <laughs> it was still. It just reminds me of the 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 bit in the movie, which is my favorite stuff in the movie, when the the man in black is just on a rampage underground. down in the yes yeah. in the what would be like the maze essentially in the movie. Uh, that kind of stuff we still haven't really had happen yet. But we kind of have, I guess, because the man in black became a human and he was a threat to the hosts rather than the other way around. So I don't know. Yeah, no, there were there were certainly bits of it when they have um, like I thought there were at least scenes in the trailer where they show William like coming back in through the the door from the train. Like, I guess, no, like maybe I was just thinking that or maybe they did do that deceptively, but. I think there's parts where Dolores is... I don't know. I thought there was something in a trailer where we see the host coming back in through that main hallway. That, like, hallway that led into the train that took William into the park in season one. But maybe not. Maybe I'm just having fever dreams or something. (laughs) But that, 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 like, I feel like we've gotten close to that at least with the host, like, going nuts in the Mesa. Yeah, you're least. right. Yeah, the end of season one. It's there's something so striking about Yule Brenner in yes, that the, the white cowboy in all black and the yeah, exactly. And like the the light flickering and like oh, everything it's, feeling it's like terrifying. complete destruction yeah. has occurred and that's the thing I think the the reason it 
it felt that way to me is because the movie portrays a like the the control facility and everything feels like a then representation of futuristic yeah right it feels like retro futuristic and when i watch westworld everything feels like something that could exist now like yeah. the control center doesn't feel particularly futuristic to me aside from little things like the giant you know hologram map in the middle and stuff but that kind of stuff sort of exists you know yeah and the idea that it would exist in 2050 or whatever we sure the hazy timeline we have and the all the all glass rooms and the overall look of it all it all feels very real it's an apple store exactly (laughs) it feels like the apple (laughs) hq right so and then everything in Westworld feels old-timey Western, and everything in the real world feels very current, mm-hmm. like the the mansions where they live, and Arnold's house feels like something else. The but, Shanghai whatever Right, it all feels very real. And then this, because this actually looks like futuristic to me, the way it was... And it, and the thing is, like obviously, the forge in its normal functioning state and the cradle do feel futuristic, but the way it looks then for some reason feels more in line with what the movie thought the future would look like back then. Interesting. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no. That's very interesting. I love like dystopian and post-apocalyptic stuff. So I think I want to see where it winds up all ruined and, and run down. Yeah, I guess that, that was the only kind of like general thought I had is like, what the hell did Dolores do to the oh, world? Man, that? I hope it's like the portal test facilities or something, you know, it's yeah. just all underground and crazy and ripped up. Absolutely. Well, that's the whole thing is they're testing William in the real world, Mm -hmm. not in the cradle or the forge. Like, Who's doing the testing? Who's testing him? You know? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, boy. So many questions. I'm excited. 300 years. Well, I guess the thing is we don't necessarily see him break, per se, unless him breaking in the field is. And we don't know what the loop. We don't know what he's doing out yeah, there. Yeah, we don't know what the whole loop actually is. Right. Was it him in the beginning of season one coming in to play the maze, finding out the maze wasn't for him, doing the door? Who knows? Wow. Yeah. I mean, could everything we've seen so far been part of his loop? We've been watching the same story happen from two different perspectives. That was time. what... Like, I... Seeing this scene made me frustrated because I was like, oh my God, are there other seams that I didn't realize that could theoretically have shown me that everything we've seen with the man in black has legitimately been 300 years into the future. The only thing that puts a damper on that fact is the fact that Stubbs finds him in a pretty solidly known time frame. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, though, because it does... I mean, John has been right, technically, all along, that... If this is the case, that everything we've seen since the Man in Black entered the park has been simultaneously what actually happened and then what the host, William, is living. So it's almost as though he's not he's not living like a manufactured loop. He's actually like living his own history. Yeah. He just doesn't know it. Yep. He thinks he's living it as the current timeline. Uh, and then it also reinforces that, that, that his suicide of his wife is his cornerstone memory. And that's why so much attention is called to it, especially in the imagery of it, of like the shoes going up the steps and the water dripping from the chandelier. These are all the, like, those are like the little textures that make up memory and those little weird details. And so we've been essentially seeing two stories of the same person in two different instances unfold at the same time. Sir, can you mention the thing at the top of that, of what you just said? (laughs) 
real quick. I think playback. I just want to. I just want to go to go to the tape. I just want to hear it one more time. I don't think he has bionic arms though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for him to like flex and rip a sleeve, and it's just like Colossus under there. Yeah, it looks like Jax. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, even better. Oh man, Jax is so good in Mortal Kombat Three. Oh, he's super underrated character. That's even better. Yeah, in yeah. season three, Williams just played by Ernie Hudson with bionic, <laughs> bionic arms. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. I guess the only incredible. The thing, I guess the thing is, is like if we think about the fact that there were at least eleven thousand Bernards ran in Dolores's testing of him. There were eighteen million Jim Delos's created inside of the Forge to find the right one. Now they're literally putting William into a host body to try and figure out which one is the right one in the real world because they don't have a cradle or a forge anymore or like it's taking them 300 years because they're working through the cognitive plateau but Nick what are you about to say well if we want to presume that host William in the future has gone through this entire instance that would need that would mean that all of the ho- all of the other characters he interacted with since we saw the pilot episode had to have been created as well for him to act opposite, right? Yeah. So the park still has to be intact somewhat, enough that it feels the exact same as his memory, right? So there still is a pretty hefty effort going forth. However, we've seen him interact with a relatively minimal amount of characters. But anyway, I just what I was wondering was during all the scenes where we see him messing with his arm is the reason that we don't see what it is is because it's actually been both it could be could it be that because in the real timeline he's not finding anything because he's a human but the host William is actually finding it and going oh shit I'm a host and we that's why we don't we get a non-committal reaction from him that was kind of the like the I was thinking the what breaking, was that you said about him being a host again? I just, I the, just the breaking I, through the cognitive plateau, like that moment of him kneeling in the field, feels like that is what that moment is. Is is his idea? He's like, am I? We we were talking last week about how broken his mental state is right now. Once he gets there and finds out that he's a host, does that allow him in his consciousness to go on as a host instead of breaking like James Delos? There you go. That might be the, mo- it might that, be the because it was a self-discovered like because it, because it, like he's 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 instead of because the, the whole thing is like Delos breaks when William tells him that he's a host essentially whereas this time like he he's like self-aware uh, that's the word he's I was already for. questioning like, it so his mind is in a state where he could accept it right you know and that means that he doesn't have that plan he just needs to, to know hit. like if he is or isn't so that he has that like. In his in his head, and and, De- and Dolores is the messenger every time who meets him in that field, equivalent to how he was the one who told Jim Delos. It's the person who possibly sort of knows them the most intimately. I don't know if it or if it's Dolores or if it is Emily, like that Emily bot at the end of it being like, "Yo." I mean, if if the moment where he's in the field is the moment where he Dolores where he rides overcomes up and the said, plateau. yeah and Dolores is the first one to encounter him right then and say are you beginning to question the nature of your reality like could that always be the moment where either it all falls to shambles or yeah it's a, it's a make or break moment right like whether he accepts it or not yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, we've gone pretty. That's pretty incredible to think that the possibilities, and it could also mean that every scene we've seen with William, even like when he's in Lawrence's town and that kind of thing, may have happened differently depending on which version of William it was. Like we may have been seeing the human William version. We may have been seeing the host William version. What's that last one? The what? The host William. Yeah. Okay. Without the, bionic uh, arms. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> doesn't have Jack's arms. Uh, there, there's room for them to go back and say like, well, when you saw the scene of him saving Lawrence and his wife and that with the gunpowder, that was actually host William and human William just let them die or vice versa. Like, There's so much room for them to say like, oh, evil William was actually the human one or is the host one or yeah, like, maybe, well, maybe William will actually become the man in black from the movie who is the killer rampage host in all black. Who's the evil one? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, because there's, well, there's a scene where Lawrence is like, you, you know, he's recalling the memories of William killing his family mm-hmm. and then now he's not. That was season or episode eight. Yeah, when he gets shot up at like, yeah, uh, seven, seven or eight. seven, because Ake was eight. Yeah, I yeah, think. that's right. Yeah. I think it yeah. was seven, six or seven, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 parallels between William Man in Black and Roland continue to deepen because I I know that you know in the Dark Tower series that the, the Dark Tower itself is Roland's obsession. He's a tower junkie, as one of the other characters calls him. He's like we're all we're all junkies of some sort, and you're mm. a tower junkie. That's your that's your addiction. And I've yet to figure out exactly what William is a junkie for, but I think he is because he can't. I mean, when when I was watching the episode and he started to stand up with his blown off hand and like make his way to the elevator and start to reload his gun, I was like, he is just like Roland where he will not stop until he's in the ground. That's awesome. Yeah. You've listened to this show, right? Uh, he will eventually. I don't know that he's on the same schedule. You, whenever you hear this, back me up. There you go. Roland is MIB as Roland is William. <laughs> Is Mr. Smock. So we will be doing a season wrap-up show where we think about things in the overall canon of Westworld. If you have any questions, please write in and send them to westworldfm at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're Westworld FM on Twitter. Talk to us there. Share your thoughts about HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. You can send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more, including Preacher, which is currently on the air with Season 3. Check out all of our shows at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is the song Industrial Cinematic by Kevin MacLeod, and it is being used under an Attribution Creative Commons license. That's it for our episode this week. We're excited for the next season of Westworld. We don't know when it's going to be, but we're excited for it anyway. And we will have more episodes of our podcast out after that. But... Until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.